Welcome to the 60th episode of the Friday Nightmares podcast. I am one half of your hosting team coming to you today from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as always, is the man with the longest intro in the entire world. Mr. Smoke Show Crawford coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee in the state of Michigan in the United States of America in the North American continent in the Western Hemisphere on the planet Earth in the Milky Way galaxy fully vaxxed boosted and waxed and ready to climax and if you can please get me wet feed me after midnight I'm in, I'm the man with not that I'm the man that is not known as the guy god god damn it I am the man that I am the man that used to be known as the guy with the glorious beard. Also, aka Scott Housen, aka Triangle Head, and aka Extra Crispy. Oh, and if there's anything you are, it is definitely extra crispy, Scotty. Yeah. I am worried that I'm not seeing. Oh, there we go. Okay, I'm seeing the volume now. I was concerned that you couldn't hear me. Can you imagine an entire Friday Nightmares episode and just you talking? Oh, <laughs> wow. Like, no, no one hears me. They just hear you responding to whatever I'm saying. <laughs> They'd be like, yep, uh, Smoke Show has finally lost his mind. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, it's become like that movie they talked about with Goodnight Mommy. He's think he has a twin. <laughs> or Heather never existed in the first place. Ooh, a new movie by Friday Nightmares podcast. <laughs> Not only will we have that epic found footage film that will be coming to um, a shitty Tubi near you, um, we will also have that actually will be uncorked too. <laughs> uncorked will fund us. Who else? Uh, Kid Shutter. And what about Ra- Raven? Is Raver Ban? Is it Banner Raven? What's the really like? Ra- uh, Raven Banner. That's it. Them. They're going to support us as well. The movie's going to be really high quality up there with some of the 2022s we watched or I watched that were, oh man, I, I watched some doozies. Um, <laughs> time honestly i i watched my first uncorked film this year and yeah good old uncorked. you know a, they you get what you chances. expect you know they give people chances they really do uncorked is basically the charity case of horror <laughs> kind of true <laughs> right? not as bad as some of the tubi originals the writing in some of them are just dreadful like yeah man there was one i watched recently where i was like get the fuck out of here this writing is so bad like what the fuck is <laughs> what is oh this friday God. nightmares podcast <laughs> yeah sure i'm like you know scott we should really get some money from this it sounds like our quality of writing <laughs> but before we get into our 2022 scott is there anything you'd like to share with everybody about your life because you tend to do a lot of shit oh well, yeah i ended up uh once again doing a lot of shit uh See, Mandy and I ended up uh, going, I know, exciting sounding, but we went uh, 
crafting uh going to different orchards and going like craft show like walking around it's because you know something free and something fun to do during the day just every guy explore. every guy listening right now that's heterosexual is like crafting huh yeah yes <laughs> with a girl huh uh-huh. um, sure, dude <laughs> but went to a couple of those uh and then we ended up uh going playing putt putt and uh then we ended up, which I ended up beating her. I mean, we had her friend Isabella who beat both of us, but I ended up beating Mandy. So I kind of but redeemed myself from second. air hockey. Yes. Okay. But I beat Mandy. So I kind of redeemed myself from air hockey a bit. So Mandy came in third. Yep. Okay. And then uh, then we ended up going to Auto City Speedway, <laughs> which is our racetrack uh, near us that's uh, like derby, like derbies and like just actual like figure eights. Like and, Final uh, Destination? Yeah, you guys in the stand yeah. and the song, Desire, Desire, <laughs> started playing. <laughs> you had Dude, a vision? <laughs> I seriously, like, was uh, envisioning part four with the accidents that were happening, like, on uh, on the tracks and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, shit, this tire's going to go flying over here and hit one of us in the head. <laughs> well, some of the people in that movie are pretty trashy. I would expect that that would be similar people you would find in Michigan. So, you know, some super racist guy, like people dressed like hillbillies. Like, I don't know, Scott, it looks like it could just be picked up and dropped in Michigan. You guys could have been making Final Destination 4. Yeah. Um, and you would have been like, Remember, I beat you in I beat you in mini putt. Would you like the same thing as being you in air hockey as like a tire comes flying at your your, your head? Oh. <laughs> uh. But uh, yeah, that, that was fun. It was just like a fun day of just random little things we did. And then uh, nice. then on Tuesday, her and I ended up going to East Tawas and spent the whole entire day on the lake, on the beach. And what um, happened? What happened to you, Scott? Well, that is where AKA Extra Crispy comes in because uh, <laughs> our dumbasses, uh, we used uh, sunscreen six different times, but the weather was 97 degrees and barely any clouds in the sky. So the sun said, fuck yo, sunscreen. And uh, well, we thought we got a little bit of sun. And then by the time we got back to her place, we looked in the mirror and we were fucking beat red from head to toe. Like we were burnt to shit. Like I'm still feeling it. I'm finally like healing, it's peeling and itchy now. So past the worst of it but yeah i had to wear very loose clothing this entire week and constantly putting on aloe and other types of creams to keep from fucking like just peeling as bad as i could be and to just kind of dull the pain because yeah we burnt the fuck out of ourselves so when you went to work the next day did you break through the wall and go hey hey, hey <laughs> <laughs> i mean should have <laughs> like scott you broke the wall again <laughs> and it's it's not hey 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 it's oh yeah oh yeah sorry i couldn't remember <laughs> i figured you as a kool-aid man would, would know the best so that's that's important yeah you did look a little red huh yeah um, though i'm but, gonna get a good tan from it now so that's cool yeah for sure you know what we need to take negatives and make them into positives right and plus i don't go to the i haven't been to the beach that often and that was just fucking fun it was literally like eight hours on the beach it was fucking relaxing and just needed did you drink no oh <laughs> well, you can't you can't drink on public beaches heather uh, yeah you can you just fucking hide it <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not about that uh when the weather is 97 degrees and you're cooking in the sun that is not a good thing to do <laughs> babies <laughs> honestly uh, what is this weak sauce that i'm hearing coming from you uh, scotty i thought i trained you better than that it's a good thing 
I'm coming out there in two days' time to USA, USA, USA. That's actually, that's actually how I get through customs. I just roll up and they're like, anything to declare? I'm like, USA, USA. They're like, go ahead, ma'am. Clearly, clearly, you, <laughs> you are aware of how good this country is. But yeah, it'll be the first time I'll be back on U.S. soil in two and a half years. It's been, yes. a, lot. It's been a while. It's been a yeah. while. February 2020 was the last time you were here. Yeah, I can't believe that it's been that long, to be honest with you. Um, I don't miss costing U.S. Customs ever. No. But, but now that I've traveled around the world to Europe, pair flip here, I do feel much more Did relaxed. you know I went to Europe? And, and there's a thing, I never am doing anything bad at the border. Like, I don't bring fruits and vegetables. I obviously don't bring anything that's illegal. I'm obviously never lying. I have no idea what I'm worried about happening. They could search my car, search me, and they would find absolutely nothing. Right. I have no idea why it causes me such an anxiety. So I've been trying to be like, so I'm definitely less anxious than I used to be. Um, because I'm like, Heather, you're not even like, so what if they, <laughs> you're in secondary. It's not like you are like, you know, smuggling in cattle in your trunk and they're going to open up the car and be like, what are all these 18 beef cows doing in your, in your trunk, Heather? So, but yeah, Scott and I are going to go see AEW. Which we're yeah. very excited about blood and what's it called? Blood and guts. Yep, blood and guts. Blood and guts. And then um, I don't know, we're gonna drink at his house, but apparently, like bitch boy over here doesn't want to drink in the sun. So hopefully it's not too hot. Oh out. my god. <laughs> hey Scotty, are we allowed to drink in your backyard or is that not allowed either? No, this is a fucking <laughs> alcohol-free house now. Oh my ass. god. I'm canceling my trip then. <laughs> I used to kill bottles of what was it that I we used to buy the wine um uh, a barefoot merlot yeah man we would kill like a bottle each of that shit <laughs> you know what Scott it's time to bring back the glory days and make some poor yeah. decisions have a bonfire I'm supposed to meet your cousin and his lovely Canadian wife um hopefully well obviously meet Mandy for the first time she will be yep. coming with us to AEW um yeah I'm gonna be meeting all the people in Scott's life who I never met before. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah, I'll say it'll be uh, it'll be very fun. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. He's like, and, I'm sure. <laughs> and and I'm going to be in the back going, God damn it. Oh no, I'll be pretty nice to you, Scott. I'm. Will you though? Yeah. <laughs> Fair question. Um. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't, I don't, you know, Scott, I just feel very grateful that you're taking me to AEW. I know this is a belated birthday gift. So, you know, yeah. I feel like I should at least not be an asshole to you. <laughs> Some of the time that we're together. Oh, oh, at least until after AEW. Yeah. Like, well, by that point, it will just be driving home and I'll be drunk. And um, you'll, we'll probably end up going to bed when we get back. So it's going to be like fucking one thirty in the morning. And then I'll have to get up and drive home. So, you know, I, I feel 1 like 30 in the morning, you're acting like that's late. I know that's because you stay up till fucking four and then go home and go to bed during the weekdays and like run on 15 minutes of sleep for the rest of us who actually like to get sleep. Like, honestly, on average, like I'll even predict it. You'll be like, Mandy and I were hanging out. I'm like, oh yeah, what time do you get home? Three? Yeah. <laughs> what time do you get up? 530? Yeah. So tired today. I don't know why. <laughs> and you're like, not for 18 hours. But it's good because because of her work schedule, you guys do have to take breaks. So you get to hibernate like a bear until you see her again. <laughs> and then you go back to no sleep. And I worry about you driving into work like a mom. I'm like, oh, did you get enough sleep, Scott? Are you sure you're safe to drive into work today? 
like I can do anything four hours away, but you know, the sentiment is there, right? The sentiment is there, right? Um, So for me, I'll make it short. I went to the Sound of Music Festival and saw Finger 11 and Biff Naked. Most people probably know who Finger 11 is. Scott, you know who Finger 11 is? Yep. All right. So they're originally from Burlington. Scott knows who they are. Then most people know who they are. Um, Pretty much, much, right? So they were pretty sick. I got VIP tickets for George and I, and then Anne came, my other friend, and we drank and smoked a fatty and it was awesome. And then last night we took our moms to the drag show. And let me tell you, it was an exciting time. Um, the moms had a good time, a really good time, actually. The drag queen was very funny, and it's uh, ending off a of Pride Month. So um, we've done a couple events this month to support the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and we'll continue to continue to be an ally and support them through, you know, going to these events and supporting queens and supporting local drag and um buying from lgbtq plus businesses and doing what we got to do that's really what matters um it's great to have rainbows on your page but what matters more is what you actually do and what you actually invest so that's my right. life it's not nearly as exciting as scott's but i don't know maybe scott and i will have a lot to talk about when we get together there was the one time last time we got together scott got bukkakeed by a, a puddle Remember oh that? my god i forgot about that and you just bought your new t-shirt yeah and you got totally bukkakeed Totally bukkakeed by dirty, salty slush. Oh, man. I've never been out to see you when it's been nice weather. I know. This is crazy. Right? Be like, you know, there's things to do. I know. We're going to, like, actually, <laughs> we're just going to drink in your backyard and go to AEW. Things to do. <laughs> hey, it's better right. than better than just sitting inside and drinking. Oh, you know what? It absolutely is. I'd rather have a bonfire any day of the week. And I'd rather be with you, Scott, any Aww. day of the week. Oh, then, you're so sweet. I know. Scott's like, you're so full of shit. <laughs> you are so full of shit. I do listen back to these episodes and I'm like, oh man, I really do tease Scott, but you got me last time when I was talking about my trip. It was really funny. <laughs> I don't, you obviously listen because you edit, but shit, that was funny, Scott. You are a funny, funny man. You know that? You got a good personality. Sometimes. But did, did, did you know that uh, Heather went to Europe? I don't, <laughs> think she's, I don't think she's talked about it. Enough. Did you know that I went to Europe? Did you know that I went to no. Newcastle? Really? Did you know that I, that I have friends in Newcastle? <laughs> you didn't know I met Kate. No. I am from the, internal, from the internal darkness of the Not So Spotless Mind podcast. You are getting better at it. I'm so uh, proud of you. It only took 15 years to learn. So anyway, I guess we should get to these fucking movies. Actually, the first one is a 2B original. Did you watch this this gem? Nope, didn't even know <laughs> this one existed. Oh man, this is one of the worst 2B movies, so I don't really recommend it. Um, Sandra Kane uh, from Cemetery Gates podcast watched this one as, as well. Shouts out to Cemetery, Cemetery Gates podcast with Android Virus and Sandra Kane. This one is called Swim. It is an 87-minute runtime. A family gets trapped in their storm-flooded vacation rental and tries to escape from a hungry shark that's made its way into the home. Here's the thing. The setup for this movie actually wasn't that bad. Um, like, it actually kind of made sense of what was going on. Um, it's weird. The casting here doesn't actually match the casting that was in the film, but that's okay. Yep. Um, Joey, Joey Lawrence is in this movie. <laughs> So, I don't know, if there's anyone here that was a big fan of Blossom and wants to see what Joey's up to now, he's up to this. Uh, basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. Family's at a vacation rental, and a storm comes, and the basement gets flooded, and enter Sharky here. 
It is not a great shark film, by any sense of the imagination. Shocker. Um, if you're like Scott and I, and you're watching all Tubi films because you have to give an award, I guess you could watch this one. But I would say this one's a solid skip, even though it's for free on shoot on Tubi. Unless you are a shark lover completist, and you like every shark movie, including Three Headed Shark Attack and Sand Sharks and every other cheesy shark movie, then you will enjoy this. If that is not your thing, you skip this bad boy. Tim Davis, you're not going to like this shark movie. You might as well skip it now. So, but it is for free. It is for free on Tubi if you decide that you want to do it for some reason. Now, Scotty, have you seen this one? Nope, you told me that this one wasn't that great. Oh, okay. Um, Escape the field. The hunt is on. Did you like the hunt last year? I did. Do you want to see a much shittier version that has serial comedy in it? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then skip over this film. This is an 89-minute runtime. Six strangers suddenly awaken in remote and endless cornfield. Stripped of their processions and they are left with only six items. A gun with six bullets, matches, um, where are we? Matches, a lantern, a knife, a compass, and a flask of water. As mysterious sirens blare in the distance and traps appear at every turn, the group realizes it's been plunged into a cat-and-mouse game with unseen evil and survival depends upon their survival depends upon solving at the diabolical 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 thank you and deadly puzzle uh this has a 2.2 rating on the letterbox it is fine it is your typical like oh no we woke up somewhere oh my god we all don't trust each other and the one guy is like we need to work together everybody we need to work together and like every trope that you can think of, the the asshole who turns evil, the chick who's hiding something, the the chick with an edge on her, sh- like a um, chip on her shoulder, chip on her shoulder. You know, like it's every fucking stereotype you can think of. It's a Lionsgate film. It obviously had some money put into it. Uh, do I recommend it? No, I really didn't think it was that great of a horror film. I thought that if so, if you really like survival and like the cube thing, only worse then yes, you could watch this film. It has a 2.2 rating, as I said. It is available on iTunes, Google, Amazon, Cineplex, and YouTube. Unless you really like survival films of this type, and this is something that's really your jam, I would say rent it. If not, I would say it's probably a skip. I don't think you're going to uh, lose any sleep over this. Now, the Good next one. Next one. Have you watched it? Yes. Well, that's my, the one I added. Oh, sorry. I skipped over yours. I'm just <laughs> not used to you doing anything. Hey, I sorry. did... Uh, I gotta say, I fucking uh, nailed a bunch of movies this week, though. You, you nailed those movies. I did, but uh, a bunch of them are not on this list because they're ones that you brought up over the last couple episodes, like Torn Heart and... Uh, so which one did you like the most out of all of them? Um, I believe it was Duel. Let me double check. Oh, did you like Duel? I did. I thought that was very interesting. Uh, let me look. Let me double check to see because, yeah, I watched a bunch um let's see here uh yeah yeah duel was uh probably duel and shark bait were the two i really enjoyed the most out of the ones and then the hatching but we will be talking about that oh yeah we will be yeah we will yeah we Um, will but yeah the one that i brought for this list is wormwood apocalypse and uh this one hold on i gotta get to my list now because i changed things here now do you need to say see the previous wormwoods to get this one would you say? Um, I watched the original years and years and years ago when it first came out, and okay. I didn't I didn't remember a damn thing from it, so I just kind of jumped into this one. Um, I think it would help just because you would know the characters, because a lot of the characters are the same, I believe, from the first movie. 
but it kind of still plays out like something you could watch on its own because they give you enough background and stuff like that and like kind of give you a uh what do they call that uh prequel kind of like flashbacks to what was happening or what is happening like and how everything how everything began in a way but it's a australian zombie comedy Mm. and it's pretty damn funny in uh, spots. Got some good gore, some cool zombie effects, uh, and an interesting story. Um, I remember liking the original one better, but I found this one to be fairly entertaining. So, like, if you are a fan of the original, then definitely check out the sequel. Um, it's a you know zombie comedy, so it's like a very apocalyptic style. So it's it's fun, but if you're tired of that genre, then I wouldn't waste your time because you're just gonna probably feel the same about it. But uh. Yeah, this one can be found on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Vudu, um, and that's pretty much it. But yeah, I'd say it's worth watching, worth a $2 rental. Like, it didn't blow my mind, but it was entertaining. Awesome. Well, good to know. $2 rental is pretty decent. And I think that, yeah, some people are done with the zombie-like films, but um, if you think it's better than most, then maybe it's worth people's watching, would you say? Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Well, that's good because the next one I have to talk about was a big pile of poo-poo. So <laughs> um, I, this is the first anthology I've watched of this year, I think. Um, that'll tell you how great anthologies have been that I can't remember if I watched any other ones. <laughs> I know, there really hasn't right? been that many great ones. Honestly, um, that's why Scott talks about his fucking weekend for 20 minutes at the beginning of our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> because we got nothing else to talk about. All right, Tales from the Other Side. This is directed by a whole bunch of people. It's an 88-minute run time do you dare to watch them all Uh, is the tagline you know it wasn't a bad concept so here's the concept three kids sought out to have the most legendary legendary halloween night ever their trick-or-treat adventures bring them to the home of a local legend scary mary legend says she's a woman of pure evil but one thing is certain she knows just the right spooky tale to give these kids the scare of their life sharing six unique stories that will lead the children down a mysterious past Uh, to the unexpected the stories weren't bad here's what this film I think suffered from I think if they had focused on maybe three or four stories and used their budgets into those stories more effectively I think they could have this could have been a really good low budget anthology I think their mistake was trying to do six stories that ended up being very mediocre Mm. but it's honestly not a bad film yet again if you want to see what it would be like to create a movie i think people fantasize that if they were to make a horror movie it would have the budget of friday the 13th the remake or um a jordan peele's nope or black phone or saint maude even and you don't you don't have a budget of that so i do think that this film really does present what it's like to have not a lot of money and you're trying to work with what you have. The acting is fine for the level of filming that this is. So do I think the acting is great? No. Do I think it's appropriate? Like it kind of reminds me of how some people either loved or hated ankle biters last year. Oh yeah. Right. That acting in that film was appropriate for what the movie was. Yeah. The difference was that film was a little bit more hyper-focused and was able to deliver a stronger product at the end. This one just didn't have the opportunity, but I'll give Uncork credit for picking it up and giving it distribution. Yet again, not necessarily a bad film, but not a film I, I recommend people to go out and run out and watch unless you are a filmmaker who is looking at making films for the first time and you want to get an idea of what an anthology could look like 
And again, my advice to this film would have been stick to three to four stories. Don't try to do six and just do three to four really, really well. Yeah. But, you know, who the fuck am I? I'm just a podcaster. Um, but I won't shit on them and say it was horrible. Like, to me, Swim had no excuse to be as bad as it was. I feel like they actually had a budget for that, and they just kind of made it half-ass. Mm. Escape the Field, I just found a little cliche and boring. But for some people that like survival films, they may really like this. This, I do think, has there was a lot of heart and soul put into it. I just think they didn't focus themselves as well. But if you're interested and you want to like see more about low budget filming, it is available on iTunes, Vudu, Microsoft Store, Cineplex, and Amazon Video. But again, go into this knowing that it's not the high budget film that you think it's going to be. So be very prepared to get what I'm referring to, which is low budget, um, real low budget, and an anthology story. Now, Scott has himself on mic, so I think he's yelling at his pets. Yeah, I was getting, uh, Dexter was giving me the weird, I'm going to stare at you till you pay attention to me, thanks, side to get mm, him over here. Babies, he's so old. He is. Uh, he's just an old guy. Um, so the next film, we both saw this, but you saw it first. I sure and you did. you told me to watch it, and I was glad that you did. Yeah, this, uh, spoiler, this is in my top 10 right now because oh, I, yeah, I freaking loved it and laughed my ass off. But uh, this movie is called Suicide for Beginners. The tagline, some days killing yourself isn't just hard, it's murder. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to just kind of throw this on because I'm like, okay, this is talking about suicide. Let's see how they handle this. And yeah, uh, the just ignore the title because it's basically about a dude that is trying to kill someone and make it look like a suicide not like actual it doesn't really tackle suicide like i thought it would no i'm worried it would um but yeah it's insecure and unhinged garrett is dead set on murdering the unrequited love of his life mia when he comes face to face with his victim his awkward incompetence takes over and things quickly spiral out of control as he finds himself on a deranged path to becoming a serial killer and Man, this movie, the main character who is Garrett just fucking cracks me up because he is just a bumbling idiot doofus that just screws up everything left and right. But it is done in a like very tongue in cheek way and hilarious. And I believe this may be uh, Sid Haig's last released film. And yeah. oh my and he God. was healthy in it too. So yes. if you want to see Sid Haig when he was healthy and like with it, excellent in this film. Oh, he stole the show in this. He was funny as fuck as like the landlord or whatever he was. He just cracked me up. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, this movie, like you're watching it going, oh, this is just kind of cutesy and funny. And then it ramps up during the third act where it's just like uh, fucking Garrett just kind of loses his mind and just goes nuts. And oh my God, it is hilarious. It's just like one thing after another, after another, after another. And I found everybody in this to be just entertaining as shit. The uh, pizza delivery guy with his wife that's all concerned about Garrett and everything. Oh, man. Great. Oh, it was, they, all the characters were just entertaining. They all worked really well together. This is like a super high recommend for me. Like, how about you, Heather? I agree. And here's the thing. Like, I'm just looking at the actor's history. For some of these actors, uh, some of them, it was one of their first films. Which is um, impressive. Right. Uh, Corey Feldman was in it. I don't remember yeah. Corey. Who was Corey Feldman? He was uh, one of the uh, people oh. in the third act. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize that was Corey Feldman. Um, I, he was the one by the pool, I believe. Spoken oh, along. okay. Okay. Yeah. This movie is low budget done right. Yeah. Low budget done right. Again, this is, you know, we talked a lot about, 
you know, we got, we have to do something last year. Um, and I know a lot of people, I know Tim Davis didn't really like that film. I know other people didn't, but I don't think we can deny the fact that they worked on a strings through budget and delivered a very strong film. Right. And there's other movies that we have seen that have done the same thing. Um, the Night They Knocked was actually yes. another film that was done on a shoestring budget, even lower budget than, um, you know, we need to do something. And I, I think when you are able to produce a film that is as funny, um, was it Too Hot or So Hot? What was the one about the pizza delivery last year? I think that was uh, Too Hot. Too Hot. Um, you know, when you're able to make people feel things and present characters that you can either hate or get behind or find comical or relate to the comedy that they're saying, it's an excellent film. And this film used their budget where it counted. There is some awesome gore in this film. And, you know, it's all practical. So it's a really, really entertaining movie for that factor. We're looking at a 94 minute runtime. It does not overstay its welcome. Will this be for everybody? I don't know. Scott and I tend to like these low budget, well acted films. Not everybody does. So obviously take Scott and I's recommendation with if you've enjoyed what we recommended that's been low budget before and liked it, check it out. If you didn't, then maybe this isn't going to be for you. But I agree with Scott. It will probably end up on my top 10. I think that it's a very solid film. Yeah, like it's just entertaining from beginning to end. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and yet again, you know, this is what Scotty and I like, it may not be your thing, but if you've liked other low budget films that we were, we've said low budget done right, um, which is a tagline that we use several times when talking about good low, low budget films, and you like that film, then you'll probably enjoy this one. It's available on Google, Voodoo, Microsoft Store, YouTube. If it's your thing, I think it's worth any rental you pay for it. Yeah, agreed. Right? If it's not your thing, then skip over it. That's okay. Um, now I'm going to get Scotty's help reading this because what does this look like to you, this movie? How would you read that? Zom. Oh, okay. I see what it is. Okay. Uh, so Zom blog ellipse. Zom blog ellipse. Well, you know, blog. Oh, right. Zom blog ellipse. Okay. Yeah, Zom, Zom blog, blog ellipse. So I'm assuming you didn't watch this movie. No, I was looked into it and it looked like it was a bait. It was a web series that just finally got released as a whole thing. So I was just like, Eh, another zombie thing so i, I want to hear your thoughts first okay so this is a 98 minute runtime it is a british film it is based off a british web series that was made into a movie so the feature like adaptation of the cult british som zoom com is it somcom somcom uh, yeah. web series following the adventures of three inept survivors of a zombie apocalypse through video blog they maintain to erase the boredom of their day-to-day survival. Okay, that's half of the movie. The other half is them making a movie about their zombie survival. So this movie has a 3.2 rating on Letterboxd. No one has watched it in our little podcasting group and ranked it. Um, No one has seen it besides me. Look at me. I'm just a trendsetter. You are. Right? So these are a bunch of Gen Z people, I would assume. And I'm not going to call them millennials because I'm pretty sure they're Gen Z. And it's about them basically exploiting the zombie apocalypse that's occurred. You are either going to love this movie and think it's absolutely fucking hilarious, or you're going to hate this movie. Now, you're probably wondering, where do you sit, Heather? Well, I enjoyed it. Now, here's the thing. It's rare that I hate films. 
Yeah. Uh, anyone who's listened to Friday Nightmares for any period of time, it is rare that I come on and shit on a movie and say it's stupid or boring or it was horrible. Like it doesn't, use, that's usually not words I use to describe a film. Right. Did some of these jokes land with me? Absolutely. Did I find some parts of this movie absolutely hilarious? Yes. The three main characters are not nice human beings. They are basically snobby, narcissistic pieces of shit. So, gotcha. you know, if you can if you can take the comedy that that's what they're presenting, then I think you'll have a good time with this film. Yeah, so basically it's uh the characters from It's Always Sunny. Because <laughs> yeah, none of them are likable. <laughs> right? These are just narcissistic pieces of shit who are making a zombie film. Now, I do think there's some funny lines and some funny shit that happens in this film. I can see how it moved from a web-based series to this to filming, but it's going to really depend on, on your taste. And this is one right. I cannot predict for most people. Most people are not, and I'm not judging people for this. They're not like me or you, Scott, that will be like, ah, it wasn't really my thing, but you know, I found ABCD's funny. If you're one of those people, then you probably will enjoy this. If not, it is a gamble. Um, it is found footage. So yes, if you want to, if you enjoy found footage this and you're a found footage completist, yes, I would recommend watching this. If you enjoy the narcissistic pieces of shit. So what was that movie that came out? The The same guy starred in, um, oh shit, we, Brandon Orlick really liked it. It was about the guy, he was a, he was a sheriff and it was a murder mystery, 2021. Oh, uh, Snow, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. The Wolf of Snow Hollow, like how he was kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, like if you if you like that kind of the piece of shit being the focus of the entire movie and narcissist, and you'll enjoy this film, the comedy that comes with that of how horrible people they are. So if it's for you, you can find it on Google, Voodoo, YouTube, Microsoft Store or DirecTV. Um, if that sounds like your kind of thing, it's definitely worth the rental. I do feel like this will be a hit among a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people in our community will watch it because I think not a lot of people will pay for it, but it's definitely, if you enjoy fan footage and you enjoying the type of film that, you know, Wolf of Snow Hollow and stuff like that, I think you'll enjoy this film. Honestly, Scotty, I have no idea where you'll land on it. So I would say if you do watch it, watch it. You can watch it from work. It's easy to follow along with. Um, it'll be interesting to hear what you say. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Yeah. Because I, I am kind of curious to see where I land on this because, yeah. Like, I will tell you, there's some brilliant hit, like, the the main characters could win antagonist of the year for me, particularly nice. one of them, because um, this individual does a really good job of being a complete asshole. So, nice. all right. Well, yeah, I'll have to give that a shot then. Um, the next one, I don't think you've watched this, have you? No, I have not. Ah, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, <laughs> but, uh, uh, the next movie I'm going to talk about is called uh, Teardrop. Uh, an inspirational writer working as a teacher takes his students on a field trip to explore the history of an off-the-map ghost town, which happens to be the subject of his next book. His family ties have brought him back to the haunted location, but what does this mean for the safety of his class? All right, first thing I got to say, he says, students and class in the synopsis. Three people. Oh, really? Yeah. Three, wow. three, Guess it's quote really unquote, small students class. in class. Like, <laughs> like, it's him, the three students, and his assistant. That's it. Oh, okay. It's like, there's no class or like, maybe like, this is kind of, I feel, would feel weird if I, uh, my parent told my parents, yeah, so my teacher wants to take me and two others on this field trip. That's it. What? <laughs> Unless it's like 
So the only time that happened is I dropped a course in high school and I signed up for a, a resource class and I worked on it independently. I think it was like health and wellness or something like that. And there's only like two or three of us that were there. Like, I don't know. So maybe that teacher wanted to take us to like the gym. <laughs> right. Maybe, I don't know. But yeah, I, I it's pretty rare that something like that would occur. Yeah. I mean, I know this is like a college students type thing, but still, oh, right. just kinda, it's still kind of just like, it's weird. It's weird. Um. But yeah, this is like, uh, I was thinking like, ooh, ghost town. So kind of like, uh, like maybe an old, like old dilapidated town, like kind of like the old West type. And mm. it kind of had that feel to it. And, you know, I do kind of like the Western horror style settings a uh, bit. And this just played out in a very predictable fashion where I'm just oh, like, yeah. I knew what the twist was like instantly. Um, nothing really exciting happened throughout it. It just, it was there. It's okay the acting was fine the uh but it was just like it just felt like there was just really nothing new and exciting to tell with the story no it's too bad yeah and uh so yeah it was just kind of like i give this like a five out of ten like it's it's an okay watch i didn't feel like i wasted my time with it but it was nothing special um for anyone that is interested though and wants to check it out it's oh so it's apparently a tubi watch so it's an original tubi oh of course um no no well, we both watch Tubi movies for each other that each other don't have to watch. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, like, I, I will say, like, this one was well-made, well-produced, but yeah, it was just, like, the story wasn't there. It was just boring. I, w- I wouldn't even say it's boring. It's just mm. predictable where it's just like, okay, there's nothing original. Okay. Kind of like, kind of like our upcoming weekend. <laughs> our yeah. upcoming couple pretty of much predict- Pretty predictable. That's where we make our found footage film. Um, at this point, which would be a relief. Actually, Scott and I are going to make an anthology film. And it's going to be short, short stories of <laughs> just the things we do when we're together. <laughs> and everyone's going to be like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so the movie I watched, did you watch Keeping Company? I did not. Okay, so Keeping Company, it's an 82-minute runtime. Um, your life is our life. A fateful chain of events begins to unravel after two brash insurance salesmen go knocking on the wrong door and finds himself trapped in a stranger's basement. I know Dave C wants to watch this film. All I can say, Dave, is you need to watch this film. Really? Um, this film? Mwah. Really? Fucking, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Funny. Um, suspenseful. Uh, you know, there's a certain, it's a, it, the overarching is it's about an insurance firm. So I think, um, especially for the United States, I think there's some social issues that they're talking about here with some comedy to it. Um, that was very, very well done, in my opinion. And I don't want to give too much away. This movie will be in my top five. Wow. Yeah. This movie is funny, gory, an ending I didn't expect. Um, yeah, it's a solid film. It's a real solid film. Nice. Okay. I'll have to check this out then. So it is available through Voodoo, DirecTV, Amazon Video. Um, yeah, rent it. I think if you enjoy a little bit of satire, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of just some good kills, I think. A little bit like of Monica movie. in my life. Right? And, and then if you want a little bit of Sandra, right? <laughs> Honestly, this film is really good. It was definitely one of, it has a 3.0 rating on Letterboxd and it's deserving of it. Um, I think that maybe not everyone will like it, but I really, really enjoyed it. It's directed by Josh Wallace. And it's actually, he wrote it as well and directed it. If this is what Josh Wallace is capable of, 
I look forward to seeing what Mr. Wallace comes up in the future, and I think his name will be on our lips in future nice. horror films. Um, in my opinion, of course, you know, someone may rent this and watch this and go, Heather, I didn't like it. Just go into it knowing that it is a little bit of a satire. It is making fun of the insurance in- industry, and it is dark, but um, fun, really fun film. Awesome. I'll definitely check this out. And some good stars. Like, the people that were in it were in movies like um, The Fanatic, Mara, um, keeping oh keeping company as a movie there. What else here? That was uh oh some of them it's actually their first film too. But yeah, like very very good very good movie. Heck yeah! I was saying uh next two are yours. I haven't seen either of these yet. Oh, you haven't seen Blood in the Water? I have not. Okay, Scotty, do you like Saw? Yeah. Do you like Jaws? Yeah. Do you like it when people put them together in a tagline, even though this movie isn't like Jaws at all and really just more like Saw with a shark? Hey. Yeah. So <laughs> um, this isn't like Jaws. The tagline of Saw meets Jaws is not accurate. It should be Saw meets some generic shark movie. <laughs> nice. Like, like a drift. I just watched this movie, A Drift, which was the, like from 2017, which was a French film, which was the exact same plot as A Drift 2006 that was Open Water 2. Like the exact same. Oh, like, really? Only the baby in Open Water 2 was a girl and the baby in this one was a boy. Wow. Same fucking plot line. Anyway, oh my. yeah. I would say just insert sharks. Now, that being said, this movie is entertaining. It is a 78-minute runtime. It is low budget. Um, don't be alarmed when you first start watching it because it does come across as very low budget. I did enjoy that they filmed this in the dark, so they kept a lot of the shark scenes darker, um, which was smart. Uh, so you don't like get shitty CGI. But it is definitely like a Saw film. It basically someone watched Saw and they were like, oh yeah, for sure. Let's make it. Like, I almost think they went to the Saw, whoever owns the Saw franchise and was like, hey, we got this idea. And they were like, we're not interested. Like, that's fine. We don't care anyway. (laughs) And then they just went and made their own movie with the same concept, honestly. So if you like Saw, you'll probably like this. It's popcorn fun. This is a popcorn fun, fluffy film. Um, you don't see a lot of the shark in it, but if you do like people getting their knuppins like in Saw, then I think you'll like this film. Um, it is available on Voodoo, Hoopla, uh, Microsoft Store, and Amazon Video. Who watched it? Tim Walker watched it. He gave it two stars. I think that's fair. It's entertaining enough for what it is if you just need something simple to watch, but I wouldn't run out and you know tell everyone to watch it. I definitely wouldn't call it Saw Meets Jaws. Um, I think that's, I would call it Saw, for sure. Um, people might even like this more than the Saw remake with that, or whatever that was, the fucking Book of Saw with Chris Rock that everyone shot on last year. Oh, yeah. They'll probably like this more, because it sticks to the more of the Saw formula without it being a Saw film. So. Was it, uh, did it have, like, the same motive? You sneezed in public and didn't, uh, no, someone sneezed in public and you didn't say, bless you, now you it, must pay. It's, it's not far off. Oh, boy. And I realize that's probably a huge spoiler, but the fucking tagline on the poster says, Saw meets Jaws. So, right. Yeah. And that already is, setting it up. Yeah, I was going to say, and that is a failure. Any, okay, movie people, marketing teams, when you do taglines, do not compare your independent movie to a bigger budget franchise. Like, and you are set up for disappointment. Right? Like, oh man, anyone who walked into this movie, like it is, it is very similar to the whole revenge thing, but it's definitely nothing like Jaws. <laughs> nothing like Jaws. Um, 
And I'm not the biggest Jaws fan in the world. I can just imagine Team Davis being like, this is nothing like Jaws! And like, going like Hulk smash. He was so upset about <laughs> it, right? But like, anyway. So the last one I'll talk about is super low budget. I'm pretty sure the 2.5 rating on Letterboxd is because one of their friends went in and rated it for them. <laughs> a bunch of their friends. Um, though... The main chick has been in VHS, Sirens, The Five Evil Little Things, and Dead by Midnight, which are all movies I've actually seen. Um, The original name for this movie was On Location, but then they changed it, I guess, because they weren't getting the same kind of buildup for it. So they changed it to Terror Trips. It's a found footage film, but it's not found footage. Like, it would have actually been better if they filmed it like a found footage. Okay. But they tried to make it like a real movie. Mm. And my advice to these filmmakers is you should have done found footage. It would have looked so much better and probably would have been a sleeper hit. Like, it's a real shame how they chose to film this. So here's the premise. And I'm going to give spoilers here because I don't overly recommend it. This is not a found footage. These group of people decide that they're going to make a business off of going to locations where horror movies were filmed. So it's filmed in either Canada or the United States, but they pretend that they're going to Camp Crystal Lake, where, where it was filmed, Scout Camp, whatever it was called. Um, they talk about, you know, they, they're so successful with the local ones that they do that they get corporate sponsorship to go overseas. So they're going to go where Hostel was filmed and Serbian film and other things like that. It's actually a really smart concept. Yeah, that's a really cool concept. Right? It's actually really, really smart. The problem here was that they chose to make it like an actual movie instead of found footage. If they had made this movie found footage, it would have been a billion times better. The acting was good enough. These people have all been in other films, like The Strangers and Haunt, Wrong Turn, which is where one of the main guys had started previously, the most recent Wrong Turn. Um, Wrong Turn for another one and The Haunt, The Hunt, The Haunt, The Haunt, sorry. Uh, Your Next, VH, VHS2. Like there was, these these people in this film had acting chops. They weren't like the best, but they weren't the worst. This should have been a fucking found footage movie. And it angers me that it wasn't. Yeah, it seems like Brilliant this would have been- Brilliant concept. Seems like it would have been perfect for found footage. Brilliant fucking concept. Like too. or a mockumentary. Yeah, or a mockumentary, which is also found footage. Yeah. Right? Brilliant fucking concept, but nope, nope. They decided they had to make an actual film. And that's a fucking shame. Yeah. Um, so if any of those filmmakers are listening, I watched your movie. It was a great concept. The acting was good. But guys, you didn't have the effects or the money to make a full-length feature film of this that was going to make it look good. Next time, do this concept again, because probably not a lot of people are going to watch this film, and make it found footage. Right. Guaranteed, it will be a sleeper hit of 2023 or 2024. Guaranteed. Um, horror fans will eat that shit up. You know, you're pretending to go to like horror movie locations and that you, you know, have trips where people can experience it. It's fucking brilliant. It's a shame how it was delivered. Yeah, I was like, because I really dig that concept. That's a really cool idea. It is a really cool idea. Anyway, if you want to watch this for some reason, it is available on Voodoo, Hoopla, Microsoft Store, and DirecTV. Um, just know that it's a cool concept, but the delivery, because it's in a feature length film, wasn't as good as it could have been. Well, that's a shame. It is a shame. Honestly, and I honestly, I would never be offended or upset if they just came round two and they uh, and they decided that they were going to make this found footage and pretend like the other one never happened. I'd be like, good for them. Call it on location and make it found footage. Right. Right. And I think they would do a lot better. Like, it would be like if they had made the movie um, Creep, a full length film. 
Oh, instead gotcha. of found footage. Yeah. What makes that movie so good is that it's found footage. Right. Right. If they had made a full length film of that, it would just like look like this awkward dude walking around being like, oh, yeah, I've right. never <laughs> been in this restaurant before. Oh, but I know in the menu. Like, if that's the power of found footage, is that it can take something and make it more realistic. So if you don't have the money for the budget to make the feature film feel realistic, you can give the view as I'm a viewer doing this. And it probably, yeah, and anyway, I'm done ranting about it. It just really frustrates me because yeah, I, can I tell. just, <laughs> you know, it just had such a fucking brilliant concept, Scott. It yeah. really did. And I just, and decent actors in this. And it's just a shame that that was the route they chose. So yeah. I still may check it out just because I'm curious. Yeah, you can check it out, but be prepared that it's it's a grind to get through. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the last one on this list is the one that I brought to the table. You had not watched this one yet, have you? No, not yet. Okay, so uh, the last one here is called Madeline's. Uh, it is directed by Jason Richard Miller. Uh, so I was wrong. I thought it was directed by someone else, but nope. Uh, so, but the reason I'm bringing the, this up is because Bria Grant, uh, she not only is stars in this, she also wrote the script, uh, wrote the screenplay for this as well. Like she is just amazing. Like she's just like, oh, I'm man. loving everything she's doing now. And um, this movie lets her fucking shine. Cause uh, let me read the synopsis real quick, but uh, working in their garage, indie entrepreneurs, Madeline and Owen discover the secret of time travel. There's only one hitch. A bug in the code creates a new cop, new copy of Madeline at the same time every day. And it also stars Perry Shen, who is in, uh, I think, every single one of the Hatchet movies. Uh, it's literally only three actors. Uh, yeah, Bria Grant, Perry Shen, and Richard Reel. Richard Reel was in the first Hatchet. Nice. But uh, Madel- uh, but Bria Grant plays different versions of herself. I'd Basically, if you've seen Multiplicity with uh, Michael Keaton and him playing like multiple versions of himself, that is what's going on here with Madeline, except for with Bria Grant playing all these different characters and... You can see her acting chops shine here because like they're all like the same character, but they're all like just slightly their personalities are slightly exaggerated for each one. But yeah, they have to like try to kill the Madeline that appears each every single day. So like I think they said they had to kill like 3000 Madeline. So they're like showing up in the exact same spot every day waiting for the new Madeline to pop up and they kill her in a different way. And then yeah, just things go out of control. It's uh very i would say it's not scary but it's very cute hilarious has some good gore moments and like really good acting like this isn't my top 10 like i was thoroughly entertained by this and yeah like uh bria grant has now become my new celebrity crush because like i just find her she's absolutely great. adorable and she's, she's great. yeah she's just she's gr- she's just great all around she's got such good talent like she's as a, a writer, female as future of horror movies yes she is Absolutely. a she is a excellent director. She is an excellent writer. She is an excellent actor. And I hope being a female, she's not pushed down by patriarchy and isn't able to float to the top. Yes. Um, because we all know it is harder for women directors in horror. Yes, yes, it is getting better, of course, but historically it has been more challenging. Um, there's been a couple of famous women that have pushed through, and I think we're seeing that more and more. And I think she's one of them that's going to bring some real talent and messages to the screen. And whether you liked Lucky or not last year, that was a hundred fucking percent accurate. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what she can do, Scott. So I'll check this out too. If you're praising it, then it's probably very good. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure, uh, everyone that's listening would love it, but it's definitely one that I'd say, uh, you'd be missed 
to not watch it for like especially if you're just trying to like fill out your 2022 list this is one Mm -hmm. to least check out may not be for you but it's definitely something that's worth watching for me i fucking loved it and it is in my top 10 uh it can be found on itunes voodoo google play amazon and youtube to rent and you know that's what we try to do here at friday nightmares we try to bring a variety um, new watches to you so we have a fair amount of movies um watch what you feel is right for you yeah and i have to say i brought my a game back this time yeah i feel like i should now mention that because you brought it up yes scotty you watched more movies Boom. which we should do for a podcast anyway so thank you for following through <laughs> see i i did my I, I did my the least that i could you know, Scott, not all heroes wear capes. No. Some of them just some of them just walk around naked and watch movies once in a while. That's right. That's exactly what you do. And that's accurate. So it's true. <laughs> hashtag blessed. Hashtag I love Scotty. Hashtag in Scotty we trust. Um hashtag boner. So for older films, I watched the movie Bait, which is a shark film from 2012. I liked it. (laughs) It's so it's so dumb, but it's fun. You know what? Compared to some shark movies, it's not that bad. No. Um, basically, these people are in a coastal Australian supermarket and a and a big tidal wave comes and they fucking you know get flooded out and sharks come into the store now of course with every shark maybe you have the shark that like keeps coming back for more and gets vengeful which you know scientists have proven that scar- sharks are not vengeful they don't think like that they're yeah, but scientists them. haven't watched jaws the revenge either, okay? oh that's true they don't they don't know that sharks roar i love jaws the revenge don't so worry tim here at friday nightmares we like jaws revenge fuck yeah we do because it's a fun fucking movie Michael and Kite. we have souls and we not like Rob Hungry Hungy from his fucking famous but the Rob Hungry is way more popular than we are. Eh, the horror show. He's, he he's, is. He, he's got bad taste in movies though. Yeah, I'm salty about that now. <laughs> he doesn't like anything. I've been messaging with Rob back and forth and I tease him all the time. I'm like, when did Joy die for you? <laughs> So obviously I like Rob because everyone knows me that if I like somebody, then I respond to them. <laughs> right. and, you, and you tease them or like And I tease them because that means I like you. Um, that's a good sign. So anyway, uh, yeah, this movie is fun. I don't know. It's a good time. They're, yeah. like, they're stuck in this grocery store and you're following a couple of different characters. Like some people get stuck in the underground parking garage and they climb on top of these like grocery shelves and they're trying to survive. You got a little bit of a love story going on. I don't want to get too much away before a 93-minute shark film. I don't compare some of the other shit that's out there. This wasn't that bad. I would put it a step below the shallows and uh, a step below Jaws. Like, I would say it's that next tier. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, so you got, like, Jaws and the shallows, and you got, like, we'll say um, Deep Blue Sea, the first one. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, And then you got, like, The Meg and, right. like, this movie I would put in there. Like, it's fun. Yeah, it's like, it, is, fun. it is very fun. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You don't take it too seriously. It's 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 a good little film and the acting is good enough. And there's one guy that's over the top Australian. And the entire oh, yeah. time I was watching, I'm like, Tim must fucking hate this dude. Tim Davis from the Horror for Dummies podcast because he is so Aussie, it hurts. It's so true. Right? Anyway, it's available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, um, Hoopla. I watched it on a friend's Plex. It's an older film. Honestly, if you like shark films and haven't seen it, I, I recommend checking it out. I think it's a good time. Yeah, but I agree. It's it's fun. Yeah, right? It's just fun and fluffy. Um, now, 
Yeah, I'm I don't go... have an older watch, obviously. Yeah, we're already we're already skipping you because we know. Do you want to talk about? Well, you technically do. You right. Technically... It's just yeah. So why don't you talk about that, and I'll talk about the film of the year that should win an Oscar. <laughs> All right. So yeah, in our what's new segment, this could have been added for older films, but obviously I usually do first time watches in older films. This was definitely not a first time watch, but uh, the reason it's in the what's new is because it was just a fun experience, and that is the thing. 40th anniversary theatrical release that they did just this last week uh fathom events which tends to do these like special screenings of like older films or like a uh two to three day release for newer films in some theaters luckily one of the theaters near me in flint uh always carries the fathom event screenings and the john carpenter's 1982 the thing was uh only in theaters for two days and two uh only two show times so sunday at 3 p.m and wednesday at 7 p.m um i missed it on sunday because i did not realize it was already out i thought it was going to be in another couple of weeks and i started seeing people post about it so i looked into it and realized yep my theater's playing it but i already missed the time for sunday so mandy and i set it up to where we could go see it wednesday night um met up with my ex-podcasting buddy also one of my good friends randall and we all just uh went into the theater to see the thing on the big screen for the first time ever and this was just such an amazing experience um i will say there was uh people complaining earlier on i think on sunday that the aspect ratio of it looked uh cropped and was not like how it should have been so a lot of people were bitching about that uh they had fixed it by wednesday so like it fit the whole screen looked really good and like i fucking love seeing this on the big screen because everyone knows this is one of my all-time favorite horror films mandy absolutely loves it as well so i figured this would be a great one to go see and it was just cool to go to a theater and see that like I'd say there's about 20 people in theater to watch it, which is just really cool to see like, you know, that many fans there and everyone just like, you could just, you're watching the movie and every well-known line in the film, you hear everybody just kind of quietly repeating it because, you know, we're all huge fucking nerds and we love the movie. And so, yeah, it was just an awesome experience. I'm so glad I went. Um, And it really makes my fucking horror nerd heart happy as hell to see that it only having the two showings in for two days altogether for you know like less than a week it made the box office top 10 like enough people went to see this in theaters that it made the top 10 of the box office this week and that is fucking incredible because this movie did obviously not get the love it deserved when it first came out because it competed with a lot of heavy hitters in that year and also et was fresh on everyone's mind so people wanted family-friendly alien stories not no fucking uh body morphine fucking body horror gore fest that is the thing and so it did terrible in theaters when it first came out so it is awesome to see that it made the box office top 10 being a fucking 40 year old movie that is just absolutely incredible that's awesome scotty i'm glad you enjoyed such a classic film in the theaters and that you were able to see something that was well acted and good directing a plot that made sense right and then tonight you're going to see Jurassic World Dominion and you're going to see the fucking opposite of that. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. It is one of the worst films I've ever seen. And I don't give that title out often. Um, first of all, I uh, so what I'm going to talk about and what's new is Jurassic World Dominion. So I watched, I listened to the review between Tim Davis and his wife. They went through all on For Horror for Dummies. 
Um, first of all, why isn't Jalissa on more episodes of Horror for Dummies? Right? She's great. Like, honestly, Tim, how did you fucking score a hot, funny wife like that? Like, seriously. That puts up with your ass. Like, that puts up with you being, like, a chauvinist piece of shit on that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell she was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because he never obviously talks like that. He was totally, like, amming it up for the podcast. Oh, he was. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, I love her. I, I think she's the best. Anyway. They reviewed all the Jurassic Park films, and I am a Jurassic Park fan. I liked the first three, even the one where the raptor talks. I thought it was fun, um, where they go back to the island because the kid falls there when he's parachuting or whatever the case is. I didn't mind the first Jurassic World. I thought that it was fun and fluffy. Um, Lost, Lost King, or Fallen Kingdom, I thought was depressing um, and silly. I didn't think they could drop more down from Fallen Kingdom. And <laughs> Here's what here's what with with misled me is that I saw of you know who they were gonna have back in this they were gonna have back Jeff Goldblum Lauren Dern Sam Neill and of course Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and I thought man here's a chance to bring these five together and have some great dialogue that was not the case in this film <laughs> um, so I'm gonna give some spoilers so I I warn people if you have not seen Jurassic World Dominion and you want to be surprised about everything that happens. I suggest you fast forward to our finished movies. Hmm. You've been warned. So like it takes off right where the, the last one ended five years later. We're spending our time now with, with dinosaurs in our world. And the first 10 minutes, George and I were laughing so hard. I thought we were going to fall out of our seats in the theater. Because it shows how the dinosaurs are ruining everybody's life. And one of the scenes is where pterodactyls ruin a wedding and they pick up the bride. Mm. And I honestly thought I was going to pee pee my pants with laughing. <laughs> it was so fucking stupid. So anyway, what's it? The clone chick's still alive. The raptor managed to reproduce and had a baby. Um, which, you know, if you love CGI baby raptors, you're going to love this fucking film. Marketing ploy for toys. And of course, there's been a black market of dinosaurs. So... If you're an animal right activist, you get to see dinosaurs being treated about how like reptiles and other animals are currently treated. So just so everyone's aware, that happens with real animals and it's fucking disgusting. So um, it happens with dinosaurs, so it makes it okay. Um, there's like a whole human dinosaur human rights thing that goes on, animal activist shit with babies and breeding. There's a subplot about insects that are eating the, the cornfields, which was the only thing that I thought was accurate in the entire fucking film. Was that, yes, if you made these killer insects or whatever the problem was with them, yes, they would eat our crops and we would have a problem. Probably right. the most realistic thing in the fucking movie. The biggest fault of this is that they have the main character. So there's a villain, and I'm going to look to see if I can find him. Um, he was probably the worst actor I think I've ever seen. His name is Campbell Scott, and he was fucking horrible i don't know where what fucking rock they pulled this guy out from underneath scotty but you will see tonight there are <laughs> scenes where you're like was he acting or did he just forget his lines and walk away like <laughs> it is that it is that bad wow it is that bad and the whole kind of strung together plot how they come together and some of the ridiculous scenes that occur like ridiculous scenes like it is it is one of the worst movies for the budget that it had and the time that it had with COVID there's no COVID like the, the, the delays or whatever they had to write a better script there's no reason why this movie should have been as shitty as it absolutely was 
but I can assure you, you still get dinosaur fights in it. So don't worry, dinosaur fights are still there. You still get parachuting or falling out of planes and landing in the middle of fucking the island and having to deal with dinosaurs. We now have another island where dinosaurs roam free like a fucking mm. sanctuary. Um, it is just such a shitty, boring film. This movie is 146 minutes in length, and I lost years of my life that I will <laughs> never get back. And I like Jurassic World films. Here's the thing. Here's the kicker. I like this shit. And even I was like, it was so bad. Like, George and I kept rolling our eyes throughout the film at each other going, when is this movie going to fucking end? Like, when is this going to be over? And you have been talked in to going to watch this piece of shit tonight after watching a thing like The Thing. A thing like The Thing. Well, What's I didn't that? get talked into it. I still want to see it. Oh, my God. No, you don't. The only reason you're like, going is because it's with a girl. No, that's I, the only reason. It's like great six all over again. No, it's dinosaurs on the big screen. I got it. Like I want to oh, see it. Like sorry. I let me be my own judge of it. Like oh, I, I know what you're gonna think of it. I don't need to let you be your own judge because I know what your opinion. If you tell me this is a good film, you got a BJ throughout the entire thing because okay. that is the only way it will make this film good by multiple people, Scott. I mean, like you had a parade coming through because. Like like 15 people lined up and they were like, all right, man, we're going to make this two and a half hours go by real quick for you. <laughs> because oh my this God. is not a good film. I don't know how I got a 2.5 rating. I have no idea how that happened on Letterboxd. Uh, who else? Someone gave it a four rating. Who gave it? Oh, Ram Man did. Sorry, Ram Man. I'm glad you enjoyed this film. Maybe you took kids to see it because I think if you took a kid, you would enjoy it a lot more. But that's the only way that you would enjoy this film. So it's horror adjacent and I was super disappointed by this movie like ridiculously disappointed so i look forward to scotty being the own judge and me being like i told you so tomorrow morning <laughs> yeah we shall see like i said i still just kind of want to see it because it's just a dumb blockbuster film on the big screen you know it's no gremlins okay i want I, you to know that gizmo does not show up halfway though which, oh my god it would have saved the fucking film if it did probably i mean gizmo would save everything in any movie right now the special effects honestly you know, CGI doesn't bother me. So if you do enjoy CGI dinosaurs, which they're good CGI, like it's great CGI. So, you know, it's, there's no complaint there, but I just thought I was so disappointed. There were so much capabilities with this film and bringing all the actors together could have been such a good thing. And it was just not good right. at all. Except for Jeff Goldblum. Thank you, which Jeff Goldblum, for having funny luck and lines in this film because he was the saving grace of this film. So um, have fun, Scott. Oh, I'm sure I will. May the odds always be in your favor. <laughs> so it shall be interesting. Right. So horror adjacent was the horror of my life of spending money on that film. So um, <laughs> my God. Just you wait. All right. So we're gonna come, we're gonna take a brief break and we're gonna come back and talk about Finnish films, uh, which is actually a very interesting subject because two of the films came out this year. Yeah. So and 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 one of the films, eh, was it Finnish or was it Russian? Eh, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Who knows what it was, Scotty? Who knows? Um, but yes, yeah, so after these messages, we'll be right back. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? 
not that, but also yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. And welcome back. Today, we are going to be discussing Finnish horror at its finest, and we will start with our first movie that Scotty suggested. Yeah, so the first movie on this list that we are talking about is Rare Exports, released December 3rd, 2010. The synopsis is, a young boy named Pitari and his friend Juso think a secret mountain drilling project near their home in northern Finland has uncovered the tomb of Santa Claus. However, this, this monstrous evil Santa, much unlike the cheery Saint Nick of legend, when Pitari's father uh, captures a feral old man in his wolf trap, the man may hold the key to why reindeer are being slaughtered and children are disappearing. Um, so yeah, I brought this up because obviously this is a Christmas film. Um, a lot of podcasts uh, talk about this film during Christmas. I watch this every couple of years uh, around Christmas time as well because I find this to be a uh, very entertaining film. Like it's mm-hmm. it's got some kind of yeah, it's cute. It's got some horror elements to it. Like this is something minus the lots of old man penis in this. Mm-hmm. I would I would say this is like a recommend to a lot of like people that are not really into horror because it's like typical like it's yeah like you said it's kind of cute and a very unique story but there is yeah lots of male nudity in this <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah it I sure find is. this I find this to be fairly uh fairly entertaining and like I just adore Pitari he's such a adorable little kid and very whimsical mm-hmm. um, what were your thoughts on this I liked it. I don't usually like watching Christmas movies when it's not Christmas, like someone weirdo like that. Um, but I found the story really easy to follow. I like how they talked about the real folklore of Santa Claus and the idea of him like beating kids and being a real piece of shit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Yeah, I think it's at least uh, kind of like the dark history of it, kind of like right? where Krampus came from. Right. So I, I always appreciate when movies do that. I do like the relationship between him and his father. I didn't quite get how they made money. I think they made money off of the meat. Yeah. Um, which I thought was interesting. Um, I I don't know. I really did enjoy their, like, it goes back and more like the main kind of, I'm not even sure if you would call him a protect, like an antagonist, but the guy that digs up Santa Claus, he had really piercing eyes. And I know that sounds a really weird thing to say, um, but he really stuck with you. And he only spoke English. Yeah. Right. Um, and I thought his character was really, really creepy. And I I enjoyed like, you know, they, there's a trope of the kid that's a bully that doesn't believe, you know, the main character and like thinks he's too young and immature and all that shit. But I really did like the simplicity of the story. I like the truth of the folklore and I found the Santa helper very, very creepy and disturbing. <laughs> right. Right. Like uh, like it like smelled children when they were nearby. Right. And, just, and I love uh and we're kind of jumping all over the place here, but I love the uh 
ending of this where this is like a fictional story of how we get the uh, mall Santas Mm -hmm. by getting the helper elves that look like what we typically think of as Santa Claus. Well, you know, the funny thing is, because when you're younger, when you figure out that there's Santas at every mall, I don't know about you, but one of the big things that parents will tell their kids is, oh, they're all Santa's helpers. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah. So I thought that that's what they were trying to do is capitalize on that. And now I, I find the ending disturbing, I'll be honest. Because I feel like it's almost like slave work. Yes. Right? It kind of made me a little uncomfortable. But I get the overall arching. You know, I get that it's just supposed to be, well, there's elves who look like humans, but they're actually, like, bad. Now that Santa's gone, because they destroy Santa, um, they have no leader, so they shower them and train them on how to have kids sit on their lap and stuff, and then they um go to all these malls but i really did get the feeling that a new santa was going to be chosen oh okay right i feel like this movie was gearing up for a sequel that i don't think happened no um and i think there could have been one and i wonder if they were flirting with the idea of a new santa being chosen and then chaos occurring right um because there has to be a um i don't know maybe santa never dies they don't they i wish they had gone a little bit more into the folklore of santa claus and if he could be rechosen and stuff like that again but i did enjoy the remote finish village village i did enjoy the whole hunter gathering piece of it i thought the kid was very adorable honestly i i probably i tried to sit through this movie before and i didn't really like it oh really yeah so this was a second watch for me in attempts to get through it and you know, and that's the one thing that's great when we do do these movies for the podcast, because I have to sit through it and watch it. Right. I don't have a choice. So I did definitely enjoy the folklore. I did definitely enjoy the setup, but it didn't stick with me like the other three did. Like, I'll be honest, this I was like, eh, it's a Christmas film. And maybe because I was watching it in July and I'm or June and I'm such a like, oh, I watch movies per season right. that it threw me off. I don't know, but I really didn't have a lot to say about this one. Besides the fact, well acted, well filmed, great special effects um i can see why it did well in the united states it did very well and i just i don't know i thought that it was um i thought it was interesting to explore the actual folklore of santa claus that was probably the biggest thing i got out of this and that's what i appreciated it with it being a finished film yeah i was like that's kind of my like take on it too because it's like uh Mm -hmm. i like it's not like the greatest movie in the world but it's like it's just very whimsical and just kind of uh fantastical and you know, it was something easy to watch. Like, yeah. I, I needed something for so just because, you know, time was limited. I needed to uh, have something I could watch at work because I've seen this a couple times. So uh, I wanted to just kind of throw this on in the background while I was at work. You know, obviously just kind of fast forward through the nudity scenes because, yeah, don't want yeah. bosses walking in during that. But uh, like, yeah, I, I just enjoy it. Like, it's not like a go to every year Christmas movie for me, but it is one yeah. that I don't mind to revisit every once in a while because it is just kind of like it has that Christmas feel to it. Um, I do love the concept of Santa Claus being this giant monster that has the massive horns that you don't actually get to see what Santa itself looks like. You just get to see kind of the shape of him yeah. in the ice block and the massive horns. Yeah. And it basically looks like a monstrous version of uh the Krampus movie we got yeah and I think Krampus and this movie are very good companions with each other yes right I think that you would watch this movie first and then watch Krampus and I think it would actually be a really good flow um yeah like honestly I don't have a lot to say about it I don't not because it's not a good film it's just I didn't really I feel like it's a very basic plot yeah it's very you know what I mean yeah like it's very simplistic and you know you kind of know that the kid's gonna be a hero 
and you kind of know that things are going to work out. Um, I was never concerned that the kid was going to die or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even get that vibe, but I don't know if you did, but no. Right. Like, so, I, I knew the kid was safe. I knew pretty much everybody was pretty much safe. Right. Like, but it was, it's entertaining. I think watching this, you know, yet again for the folklore piece of it and watching it with Krampus, I think is a great um, companion piece for Christmas watches. Yeah, completely agree. Like if you right. haven't seen this yet, put this on your Christmas rotation. It's fun. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? The next one was a found footage that I found just by doing a Google search and it happened to be on Tubi. And I'll be honest, I really liked this found footage movie. Yeah, um, um, it's kind of funny that you brought this one to the table because remember I was talking about how I was going through uh, the uh, more uh, lesser known found footage yeah. films. This yeah. is one of them that was on that list. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I had never heard of this until I Googled you know, finished horror films and this came up and I was like, oh shit, wow, this exists. Anyway, let's jump into it because I think there's a lot more personally that I want to talk about with this one yes. than I would with Rare Exports. But yes, definitely right. recommend Rare Exports for Christmas and fun little film. Agreed. Um, but yeah, this next one that we're hinting at is called Shopping Tour, which was released November 28th, 2013. And this is the one that I was kind of mentioning before the break. Um, is it Russian or is it Finnish? Because a group of Russian tourists on a shopping spree in Finland are attacked by Finnish cannibals. Very simplistic plot uh, mm -hmm. synopsis. And yeah, I think this would fall more in the line of this is a Russian film just because the main characters are Russian. Oh, that see, just I thought happens it was Finnish because they're, they're in Finland and the reason why the Finnish people are killing them is because of their tradition. Oh, it is. But like... Uh, I was just saying, by because you know we do kind of talk about things with the, the language of the country, and this mm, was a lot of yeah. Russian dialogue. Yeah, they really don't get to the Finnish dialogue until they're actually in Finland, which yeah. probably comes halfway through the film. Um, yeah, it's a really so. First of all, it starts off with this mother and son going on a shopping trip, and they're taking a bus tour. And you know, you see the dialogue between the mother and the son. He sneaks off to have some beer. And he, she gets really mad at him because he lies to her. You find out that her husband, his father, died a month earlier. And this shopping trip, well, he doesn't know it's supposed to be a shopping trip. He just thinks they're going to Finland for a trip. Right. Um, but she wants to do some shopping. Obviously, she has a shopping addiction or whatever the case may be. Um, so you have, like, them going through the customs and stuff. And I found that really interesting. Yeah. You know, I there's a part where one woman freaks out in customs. And sits down. Yeah, and they take her away. And weren't you wondering if you were going to see her again? I kind of was disappointed. I'm like, did she get returned to the border? Or did she get taken somewhere else? Yeah, I was thinking she got taken to the cannibals. <clears throat> right? So anyway, so this movie's only an hour and 10 minutes long. And I think it's actually a really good film. So basically, turns out they're going on this shopping trip. The son's pissed off about it. There's lots of dialogue between the mother and the son, which is actually quite endearing. Um, very, very realistic between a mother and a teenage son. And they go to this major outlet mall, major store, tons of good deals. The people on the bus are like, oh, good news. We're going to open the store for us at night. We have to be really quiet going in. We don't want to distract attention, blah, 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 blah. And while they're in this store, this kid's kind of wandering around and then he sees them lock the door so yeah. they can't get out. And shit just goes down from there. And I liked, I think this movie could have been more gory, but I liked the steady build of he sees them lock the door. He says something to his mom and then they find that body in the back room because he finds blood on the ground. Yes. Like, uh, 
uh, my opinion, like, for, I want to kind of like, before we get into this, I just yeah. wanted to kind of say, uh, I found like, while the mother and son dynamic was realistic, mm-hmm. um, I found them both kind of unlikable. Just yeah, they like, weren't the most likable characters. Yeah, because they were both kind of assholes to each other. I mean, granted, I get why the stress of losing husband slash father, father a month before. Yeah. Emotions are going to be all over the damn place. So I get it. Right. But like, yeah, you I just really didn't care for them as like characters, but, uh, and also I just kind of find it funny that they're going from Russia to Finland to go to what essentially looks like a Kmart. <laughs> right. And I guess it's supposed to be maybe because there's a taxation thing. It's like why Canadians cross the border and go to Kmart or Walmart, right? Because there's stuff they can get at a Walmart in the United States that you can't get in Canada. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the cross border shopping is just meant to be that right yeah like there's probably some kind of tax deduction that they get um but i agree they're not very likable but i do think their dialogue is realistic for me yes and I think oh it is very realistic um care and i do like them i did want them to survive same like i did definitely want them to survive and i i think the store scene where they find the like one of my favorite writing that they did here that i thought was so fucking clever so the kid is saying like mom i saw them lock the door something is wrong like something is not fucking right here she's like I don't want to talk to you. You said like, cause he said something really nasty to his mom. Like, I wish you dad died and, or dad lived and you died kind of thing or something like yeah. that. And he's, he steps in the blood. So there's a thing of blood on the ground and his mom's like, oh, what's that? And he's like, well, it's not jam or something like that. And he's like, it's blood. She's like, oh, it's probably just the butcher. He's like, mom, there's no fucking meat sold here. Right. <laughs> and I really liked that line. Like, I actually really liked how he was smart enough to be like, there's no food sold here. Like, how could this be blood from a butcher? Right. I really, I don't know why I was like, fucking logic. And then they follow the blood trail and they see the guy that's been knocked out. They go and they get the bus tour guide lady. She's like, you're wasting my time. Because of course, by the time they come back, the guy's been moved. And then she gets grabbed. Suddenly. Yeah, like, while you're watching her. And like, yeah. it just, like it, it made me jump. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, like I was shocked. And then it's basically go time from there. They realize that there's a bunch of cannibals. And at first they think it's restricted to just the store. And that's what I thought too. I'm like, Same. oh, you know, these are just fucked up people that were looking at Hills Have Eyes kind of thing. And they're when they're cannibals, like they're not killing people and then cooking them no they're eating them like zombies they're eating them like fucking zombies right like it's crazy like i thought this was a zombie film at first right and then they get out of the store so there's a great suspense part in there in the store they get out they go to a gas station so the moment they walked in that gas station i'm like things aren't right here yeah right and then the finish they switch to english because that's the common language and the chick that's working who's Finnish calls not the police. Yeah, but then right. she starts and she starts speaking in Finnish because she knows they can't understand her. Right. And, and so you see what she's saying. Nonsense. And then when they ask like at where they are, and she's trying to show her on the map, and then she's pointing to all the different like spots, like, oh, we're here. No, no, wait, no, we're here. No, yeah. we're here. Holy fuck. Like that was I was like, oh my gosh, this gonna fucking happen. <laughs> What's gonna fucking happen? Right? Like it was, it was this movie for a low budget, like found foot. And this is the thing about fucking found footage that I was talking about earlier with terror trips. This movie, if they had made a full length film, would have been fucking dumb. It would have right. been boring. It would have been shitty because the kid is like, I'm just filming everything now because now he wants documentation. Right? Because yeah, like, no one's going to believe him. Of what happened. 
um I, it's it's clever and like how the mom gets bit and then she's worried she's gonna turn into whatever they are and, the, and you're not sure right it's a fucked up thing you're watching her freak out trying to stay away from her son after she gets bit because she's worried that she's gonna give him something he's like mom that's not true like there's no such thing and you're like oh, is there is right there and i gotta thing? give it credit because it's a movie that like it's a movie that where zombie movies exist in this world so it makes yes. her think that which is you know right? you don't see that very often no, and it's a, almost a very logical, she's terrified because they realize when they're in there, with a little cheesy part with the guy that's next door to them that talks to them, but yeah. I get it. It was to push the pile around. They find out that, you know, once a year, the Finnish have a, have a ceremony called for Midsommar, Midsommar, where they have to eat tourists, basically, <laughs> yep, and become cannibals. And that's what they're there to do. They're there to be eaten, and they get kind of taken away to this really executive guy's place where they're going to get eaten by him and she manages to fuck shit up like it's actually a very very good film and the scene where they hear the guy in the jail get killed and mm -hmm. she grabs his face like her son's face and tells him how much she loves him like i felt that scene same like i was like holy fuck like i i hope these guys make it there were so many times where i'm like they're not gonna make it like they're not gonna make it yeah like i thought like one or the other was gonna get killed yeah and they don't yeah like uh and i have to say like because that was where it turned around for me where i was like yeah i don't really care for these characters but that scene where she grabs his face and shows like true compassion and love for her son i was going yeah this is real this is what this is the type of shit that happens like when you're confronted with a dangerous situation you grab your loved ones and tell them that you love them and i feel like she was trying to figure out a way to get her son, like to distract them to get her son to go free like I think throughout the entire thing, you know, she would have sacrificed herself for her son at any point. Right. I always got that vibe. Always. Um, and at the end where they have to basically, they get jumped by a kid. Oh, that scene was fucking. Right. Wow. That scene was really creepy. Little fucking cute little girl just in this yeah. like sundress just comes out of the round and asks, are you Finnish? And I'm going, oh no. Oh no. Right? And they can't answer in Finnish because they don't know the language. Right. Um, so they can't even fake it. Yeah, like this film is like a real sleeper hit for found footage. It really yeah. is. Like it's a shame that more people don't know about this film. Well, I guess now they do because we talked about it. But honestly, like this film is fucking phenomenal. It's great. Yeah, yeah I was gonna, I want to make a shout out. Dave Z, I know you watch a lot of found footage, but I didn't see you had this rated on Letterboxd. So I'm curious if this is one you have not seen yet. Or if maybe you... he just didn't rate it. Yeah, I was going to say, or maybe I just haven't rated it yet, but uh, yeah, check it out. It's on Tubi. Like, yeah, it's on Tubi. Yeah, it's an hour and 10 minutes now. Dave's like, well, you guys give spoilers about it now. Um, well, you know, we give spoilers in our meeting. Yeah, yeah, Dave. <laughs> but honestly, Dave, I think you'll like this. Anyone that is, enjoys found footage, I, you know, yeah, we've given away, I guess, a bunch of stuff in it, but you still need to watch it to see it because it's fucking excellent. Like, there's some excellent kill scenes in this. There's some excellent fucking fight scenes in this. There is some really suspenseful parts in this. Yeah, very tense moments. Like, it's really, really well done. And it doesn't overstay its time. Like, talk about getting it done in an hour and 10 fucking minutes. Yeah. Like, it proves again that you don't need to have an hour and a half, two hour movie for it to be good. Right. Like, this was a great length that was perfect. It was entertaining. And yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it was Russian language. It does switch to being in Finland, though, in the Finnish culture. And yeah. You know, so, I mean, it fits. Like, I get it. Like, it's it, one of those it, on the border. It, it, yeah. I, I, I saw it as more Finnish than Russian um, because I felt like the Russians were coming into Finland yeah. and then they were, you know, being exposed to this, this culture and to this, this situation that they had no control over. But fuck, it was good. Like, really, really good film. Yeah, because this is one that I think we could have put either in this episode or the Russian episode if we wanted yeah, to. Yeah. I think it would it fit both of them. 
Yeah, I think it's more Finnish personally, but I get what you're saying. Um, and that's only because they're in Finland and it's a yeah. Finland culture tradition that they're fighting against um, that I found it. And it's funny because like, I've known someone that was Finnish and like the whole time I'm like, oh, they, you know, people do look similar who are Finnish. Like it's a certain yeah. cultural groups. Like you're like, you notice certain facial tra- um, characteristics that they have. Um, it's cool. It's a cool thing. But uh, yeah, great movie. Check it out. Yeah, a lot of fun. Definitely high recommend. Um, now, before we jump into these next two, these next two are mm-hmm. 2022 releases. Mm-hmm. So we will be getting into spoilers. So if you have not watched, I'm going to name them both right now. Hatching and The Twin. Check them out beforehand if you do not want them spoiled. Yes, we are definitely going to be spoiling these films. So your final warning. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, there yeah. you go horror for dummies love right. you guys right so um, all right let's jump into the hatching i guess whenever you're ready scotty all right so yeah we are going to talk about hatching which was released march 4th 2022 tinya is a 12 year old gymnast who's desperate to please her image obsessed mother after finding a wounded bird in the woods she brings its strange egg home nestles it in her bed and nurtures it until it hatches the creature that emerges soon becomes her closest friend and a living nightmare, plunging Tinya into a twisted reality that her mom refuses to see. Uh, so this is one that I've seen like a few images of and seen the trailer for like before it came out. And I'm going, oh, shit, this looks really cool and creepy. I got to see this. And I'm so glad we decided to cover it for this podcast because, yeah, I've been wanting to watch it and I am not disappointed. No, um, good. This film was awesome. Um. Uh, for one, all the characters in this, all the actors did an amazing job. The mother was made to be so extremely unlikable because she is so obsessed with her blog that that is all she's looking at is everyone in her life has to be successful to make her famous. So she basically uses that to put on her 12-year-old daughter to be this like excellent gymnast and that is all Tina like pretty much life revolves around is practice 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 Mm -hmm. and then you have the father who is just not there he's there but he's just like well you guys do whatever I'm kind of in my own little world I think he realizes his marriage is shit his wife is cheating on him and he just doesn't care yeah it's actually really sad to watch how you know the son's basically a carbon copy of him yeah but it's oh it's such a you know it's a real it's a really it's a commentary on society it is it really is this film is a commentary on society and yeah and then uh but then you actually meet the man that his wife is cheating on him with and the guy is a really nice dude a great father Mm -hmm. figure Mm -hmm. and like just like you actually like feel for him like thinking what the fuck do you see in this uh woman she is awful and you like her why Yeah, I I honestly think she's very manipulative. The mother is a is a classic case of a narcissist. Yes. Um, and I actually think the dad, the biological father, isn't a bad guy. I just think he. I think he's now, just given up. I think he has, and I think he's like, well, I'm stuck in this situation now. I can't get out of this situation and look at the life we have. And I don't think he wants to give it up, but you see at the beginning, she does blogs about like how great their family is and shit. And you start to see how like Tinja basically has no life outside of gymnastics. Yeah. You know, no friends, no nothing. And I do like how the girls try to include her in things. Like she does, they do try to invite her to stuff and she never goes. And she kind of makes friends with the neighborhood girl next door, but then that ends in, 
horrific consequences. Yeah, because um, uh, while she's being friend, trying to make friends with her, like it is the total young schoolgirl caddy thing where that girl starts becoming more popular and like starts kind of like making fun of Tina in front of her friends. Did she? I don't remember that part, but you're probably right. Um, <laughs> I thought that she was pretty good with Tina, um, but it was more that she was better gymnastics. And that she was, yeah. Yeah, right. And her mom was worried that she wasn't going to make teen. And really, like, we get the whole bird, you know, with the egg thing very early on. You know, yeah. she sees that her mom kills the bird that flies into the house, like snaps its neck in half. Which is just um, fucking cruel. Very cruel. So we learn right away what kind of person the mom is. And when she gets the egg and she kind of takes care of it and it hatches, it looks really interesting at first. Like, it's almost like, I think it's a puppet. Is it a puppet? Yeah, it's, like, it's either a puppet or an animatronic. Yeah, and it's it it looks like almost like an ostrich. Yeah, right? like with very big eyes. Yeah, and she kind of bathes it and she's trying to like nurture it, but it it becomes almost possessive of her. So if something upsets her, like the dog barking next door or nipping at her or something like that, kills the dog. Yep. Like, cause uh, they have this uh, connection to where like yeah. Tina like can see what's going on in her head, like or can see that what the bird creature is doing. Right. And yeah, it's 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 interesting how she catches her mom having the affair, and there's all this like trauma going on around her. At the same time, she's being pushed to do the gymnastics, and then the bird slowly becomes human-like and almost becomes like an us version you know what i mean yeah. like yeah um, similar to that character uh horror for dummies did a review on this and luffy brought this up and it makes perfect sense he says he thinks this creature is a changeling yeah that makes a lot of sense because you see right when she's like hugging the egg when she's very upset uh teardrops on the egg and you see the tear get absorbed into the shell of the egg yeah which is basically her putting in her imprint on that creature well she does the same thing with her blood right her mom makes her practice yeah switching on the bars until her hands are blistered and bleeding like how fucking painful would that be as a gymnast right right to fucking do that over and over again like it's very it's very interesting what this movie presents um and the pressure of gymnastics the pressures of what she's allowed to eat like there was body image stuff in this there was you know expectations of society in this parents putting expectations on their kids um it's really fucking dark like it's a dark yeah, film it's it's heavy and it's right. also like an amazing creature feature because yeah the, this creature goes through three different forms like as it grows like it's obviously like the ostrich baby looking thing that's got some sharp teeth and yeah just like looks more like a month like a monster then it gets like somewhat human looking with like human features but also mm -hmm. its face is distorted and like still monstrous and then it gets to the point where it's an identical version of Tina except for when it attacks its mouth opens extremely wide with very sharp fangs yeah and and it kills for her right it kills that yeah. girl who beat her in gymnastics and its name becomes Allie and she tries to punish it by slapping herself but it just comforts her like I was kind of like I felt like the creature cared for her um like almost like a mother like it was like a mother-sister relationship I don't know yeah, like it was like, yeah, like uh, it was being protective and like obviously like nurturing to Tina, but at the same time, Tina was the mother for it. Like, yeah, and it's very interesting dynamic between the two of them throughout this. 
and it, it really is it really and is and i think it's because of that connection it's almost like a sisterly motherly daughterly bond it's weird it's which makes sense for this film because like this creature is just strange and it kind of fits and uh yeah like i i do love like uh that unfortunately because of all the stuff that uh this creature is doing because you know whenever something causes tinia distress this creature goes after it and yeah. uh when they when the mother decides hey you know what's gonna be a good idea let's take you over to my uh my boyfriend's house my boyfriend's house that i'm cheating on your dad with because you know about it and let's just have you stay the night that's not awkward at all for one and uh you know, oh, like she has to listen to them fucking shit like yeah and but like the but like i like that boyfriend because he's like trying to be very sweet and caring to tina and just doing whatever he can and like actually like when she's outside like doing the cartwheels for him and everything like that and she keeps like slipping up uh when she's doing one of her gymnastic tricks yeah and she keeps trying over and over and over again he's like stop you don't have to keep doing this and he finds yeah. out like that the mother has ingrained this in her so bad that he just yeah. like he basically tells her like no you stop it's okay to fail you're yeah. okay you don't have to be perfect yeah. at everything and i i love that dynamic between him and it saddens me to see what you know what kind of transpires when the baby crying like starts kind of getting on Tina's nerves well it's because her mother gives attention to the baby yes and she gets jealous and then she realizes that Allie senses it and then she's like oh my god like I like which is a normal reaction for a 12 year old girl yeah but then she's aware of it and she's worried that something's going to happen to the baby and honestly I was concerned something was going to happen to the baby too and I think my favorite scene in this entire thing is where she purposely hurts herself in the gymnastics tournament and loses the tournament disappointing her mother but saving the baby's life yes like that is when i got behind tinja like like crazy i was like this is my character because this 12 year old girl just basically harmed herself so that this little baby could be protected because no one believes her yeah and like and she's like you know and i don't care if the uh boyfriend thinks it's me now like i'm just going to i gotta stop this right like it was just and he does think it's her yeah because it looks like her yeah it looks like her just in like an animalistic way and there's even some scenes in there that i really felt were facing anorexia where she's throwing up her oh yeah doing the regurgitated food um and yeah like the final showdown where basically Ali and team just face each other in the house um which is the biggest you know i think conclusion i know in horror for dummies they talked about how they thought the mother killed the boyfriend i don't think she killed the boyfriend i never got the impression that that was the case oh i didn't think about that like i don't they said something about her having blood no she didn't have blood when she walked back into the car she had blood because she smashed herself on the steering wheel yes so i don't think you know not that we're trying to correct another podcast Tim's like, oh we are tim guys. you hear that but like, i don't think i don't think she killed him i don't i think he was just like Get the fuck out of here and she went in there to beg, beg his forgiveness and he's like no your daughter's crazy <laughs> you tried to kill my baby <clears throat> get the fuck out of here kind of thing right um but yeah the final showdown in the house is great between ali and tinja like it's awesome because the mother realizes what's going on finally and the father and the brother kind of see it at the end and i don't know what did you think of the changeover like basically what happens is tinja dies and ali lives yeah and then ali just takes on like the full aspect of tinja right and it's i I didn't expect it to go that route, honestly. Like, I expected Allie to die and Tina, like, to be hurt. But because obviously mm-hmm. when Allie gets hurt, Tina gets hurt, yeah. vice versa. So I expected, you know, her to be able to, like, after Allie dies, she somehow comes out of it is how I was expecting it to happen. But no, no, they, like, she, she, she gets killed and fucking Allie survives and 
lives on. Yeah. And now her mother's like basically replacing her. And like, didn't you feel like her mother's like, all right, well, I guess you'll be my kid now. Yeah. Like, oh, that sucks. But you know what? You're the same child. You can usually still look the same. So that'll work for my blog. And I feel like she was like, well, you're more flexible than my other kid was anyway. So we'll just keep you. Honestly, that's what I truly felt happened in this situation. Yeah, same. Like the mother was just like, whatever. It's not about, I don't care if I lost my daughter. It's all about me. I can, I can work this out somehow and make it part of my blog. Right? Like, man, it was, it was a really heavy film. I think this is definitely an excellent creature feature. I think if you just look at it, as Horror for Dummy says, if you just look at it from a creature feature standpoint, it's a great film. Yeah. It's entertaining. It's special effects are great. And then if you want to dig into the social issues that it talks about and the pressure of young women and the presence of social media and eating disorders and everything else. It's a fucking fabulous film. Oh, it um, is. One of the examples and one of the better films that have come out for 2022, for sure. A hundred percent agree. Like this is top 10 material for me. Oh, totally, 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 totally. Well, there's another 2022 here that we're going to talk about. Um, I don't know if this is going to be top 10 material for you, mm. Scotty. Um, I almost gave a spoiler for this in our last episode. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm glad we watched it so I could get you some more 2022s under your belt. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's a Shudder one. It's a it was one that was picked up by by Shudder, and it is in English, even though it is based in Finland and it is based on Finnish folklore. Yep. And uh, yeah, this is number 60 for my 2022s. Yeah. Uh, Oh boy. So I'm getting up there. You're getting up there. I'm coming up. Um, scroll down the page a little bit. Oh sure. Sorry, Scotty. Sorry. Okay. There you go. All right, so yeah, the next film we are talking about is called The Twin, which was released April 6, 2022. Following the aftermath of a tragic accident that claimed the life of one of their twins, Rachel and Anthony relocate to the other side of the world with their surviving son. What begins as a time of healing in the quiet Scandinavian countryside soon takes an ominous turn when Rachel begins to unravel the torturous truth about her son and confronts the malicious forces that are trying to take hold of him. Um... Yeah, this one, um, nah, it's not gonna be in my top ten. This was very, <laughs> uh, very predictable with the way it played out. Um, oh yeah, like it, it could have went a couple different routes, but either one I predicted. Um, yeah, like so, uh, yeah, basically, yeah, they have two. Tw- uh, start story starts off with them having a tragic accident with their twin sons, uh, Elliot and Nathan. Uh, Nathan ends up dying, and Elliot is the only one left. The mother becomes pretty much helicopter mom and is extremely protective and mm-hmm. like trying to do whatever she can to be like there for Elliot um, and completely scared of him going out and wandering off on his own, being the boy, you know, being a boy, which, you know, happens when you're a boy. Yeah. And the father is just like, obviously, it's showing a couple grieving and trying to like cope with everything. And the father is not having any of it. He's not really interacting with Elliot at all. Not really showing Elliot any love. So you're thinking, all right. So yeah, he's just completely lost and withdrawn now and just has no concern except for his wife. He doesn't care about yeah. his son or anything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, then Elliot starts asking like, hey, now that we moved in this new house, can we move Nathan's bed in here as well? And uh, like, just basically like the son pretends that Nathan's there. It, this kind of reminds me of Goodnight Mommy. Like we're talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking, so beginning, I'm thinking, okay, so uh, in his head, Nathan is still alive. Yeah. But it's not real. Or or there was no Nathan in the first place, and there's something wrong with Elliot, is how I was picturing this. 
<clears throat> then it plays out in a more uh, folklorish fashion where yeah. they go go on the lake on this boat and they come across these stones that are on the on the wall of this rock that have these handprints. And it says, you know, put your hand on these handprints and make a wish and the wish will come true. So Elliot does that. And then uh, basically you think he wished for Nathan to be back. And then all of a sudden Elliot starts acting like Nathan and playing with Nathan and almost seeming like he's being taken over by Nathan's mm-hmm. spirit. Mm-hmm. And then like, yeah, you start seeing a lot more of these uh, Finnish folklore traditions uh, coming into play. Yeah, they do the marriage swing yep. where they, they and, I, and you realize, I think I'm going to let you go through, Scott, because when we get to the twist, everything makes sense. Yeah. Right. So yeah, the, I just wanted to make they go on the marriage swing, which is where the bride and the groom sit on opposite ends of each other and they get swung back and forth. I guess in unity. Yeah. Um, and she has a fucking meltdown on that because she can't see her kid. Yep. Because Elliot runs away. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then yeah, like uh, after that they like find Elliot, but Elliot won't say where he was. And once again, father's still just kind of like worried about the wife, not even really paying much attention to Elliot. Yeah. And which all plays out towards the end here. But like she she talks to this, the crackpot, as they call her, the crackpot of the town, who uh, is like saying, oh, no, there's like these uh, Satan worshipers here and this and that. Like it's a cult that's like trying to bring Satan back and your child is being brought back because he did the wish, blah, blah, blah. So now her mother is, now the mother is paranoid and all this shit starts happening and she starts freaking out about things. But then it comes to the end when you realize the father with a bunch of people from the town start cornering the mother Mm -hmm. and the father, and she thinks the father is involved in trying to possess Elliot with Nathan. Blah, blah, blah. Come to find out, nope, they only had one child named Nathan, and she made up Elliot in her head to replace Nathan after he passed away. And I think my favorite scene when you get this, Scott, is when this woman who's been working with her, and honestly, we never know if the Satanic cult shit isn't real. Just right. so we're clear. It's never explained. Um, this woman could be totally on board and 100% correct. Um, so basically this woman is at this big party where they meet her and she said, where she, where Elliot's mom meets her and she can't find out Elliot. So, which is normal. Your kid could be running around at a party um, and you wouldn't be able to find it. And she meets with this woman a whole bunch of times. And then when she brings this woman back to the house and goes, this is my son, Elliot. She looks at her and goes, you're sick. Yeah. Right. And that's when I, that's when it like clicked with me going, ah, yeah. Right. And then honestly, even then it didn't click with me. It didn't until they were in the forest and the husband has the, cause she escapes like the cult, the cult like puts her to bed rest and she escapes with Elliot. And then her husband chases her out. And that's where he has the confrontation where Elliot's not real. And Elliot, like I talked about last time as a hallucination gets upset. Yep. Right. So it's <clears throat> what made sense now. Like the thing is, I will give this movie the props here when you get to the end and you look back you're like oh that's why they went to finland they were trying to so he had her hospitalized but she got super depressed when you know she was told elliot wasn't real but then it became a hard thing to fake because when they were selling their house she's like oh yeah we have one son still yeah and people are like what right so their secret got harder and harder to keep. And at some points he would integrate into like in, would interact with Elliot. But I think when he went back to Finland, he was like, well, we'll try this religious way to heal her. Yep. It was done with actual good intention. 
Yeah, like, and you could see, like, and the line that, like, just kind of, like, hit me hard was when the husband just said, kill me, because I am tired of being lonely. Right? And, like, living, and, like, you sh- it shows her running around pretending that Elliot's there when he's not. Um, <clears throat> yet again, this is another movie that, like, tropes on the mental illness shit. Um, but, you know, I do think that it attempt to do it in a way that would make sense to me that you would eventually become so upset that you are unable to cope that you create this child that you raise so they were never twins she just raised this kid on her own and then decided they were twins like in her mind um and and what i did like with the husband you did a whole three 180 on the husband you know you went from being like this guy's a piece of shit to being like oh fuck like oh he had Poor great, guy. he had good intentions the whole time and he like cause yeah he played along like <clears throat> yeah he, he played along the entire time before they moved to Finland and I think when he went to Finland he was like nope I am done interacting I gotta stop playing into this well I think that's because what people told him too right they yeah. were like okay we need to and I think that woman and and the one thing I wish that they had <sighs> done is I really did wonder whether that woman was right that there was some kind of sentient issue or not like was she just somebody that was trying to stir up trouble or was there actually a problem like was there a situation where her husband died because he was different or has she just not properly grieved right or right or was this woman even real well she was real because they did clarify that she was oh the villagers that, and stuff right that is like yeah that right. is true okay yeah. <clears throat> so she was real um but yeah it's it's and then you know the ending of this is there's a big chase scene between her and her husband and she's believing that elliot's in danger and she thinks he kills him by pushing him off like a like into saw or something like what oh no uh, the uh because elliot runs away and goes downstairs while they're in yeah. this like sawmill and uh he and like elliot's standing there and like he notices his wife's freaking out and like still ignoring the fact that you know he's not real so husband's like fuck this all right i am killing the imagination and he goes and activates the uh thing that dumps all the grain oh. and like basically trying to drown oh. elliot in grain and uh, when he does that, the mother freaks out and sl- pushes him away from that switch. And when she does, he hits the fence. The fence collapses and he falls to his death. Oh, that's And right. the part that set, because I literally watched this right before we jumped on record. Um, but the part, yeah, that's, the part that just kind of hurt my soul is he's still alive, like sitting there bleeding out. And what does she do? She runs down and goes and starts digging through the grain of uh, all the grain, looking for her fake son while her husband is there just watching and like just in pain dying and she yeah. chose to run to the, the imagination instead of him yeah it's just like so heartbreaking to see that and, and it's then, so powerful the mental illness right yeah and then this totally plays out like goodnight mommy the mm-hmm. very end of this you see her in the car and all of a sudden the husband starts talking and she looks over and oh now her husband's there and happy and she looks behind oh now there's elliot and nathan in the car as well so now she's living in an imagination land with all the rest of the family right it's a very much a, a play on grief and suffering that happens when you are grieving it's it's not a horrible film no i will give the um the twist credit it i did think it was done well i it just was. i just think it's a it's an overplayed trope it is which yes. is going to be very interesting for out of the dark segment scotty yes it is um in terms of finish i think it was the culture of being in finland the one woman feeling like she was an outsider, um, the traditions that they were trying to do, the different approach that they were trying to take medically to assist her 
was the biggest Finnish stuff. It, like they speak in Finnish, maybe to each other, but and yeah, there's I, a little bit of translation, but it's mostly in English. Yeah, and I like that in this. They don't give you subtitles for the uh, when they're speaking Finnish, and because you are basically in her shoes, the American going. That's right. What did they say? And I you like have no that. idea what she said. Yes, and I, I agree with you. I think that actually represents what she would be um experiencing yeah it's 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 not now that you're talking we're talking about it I think I like it more talking about it but I think that it honestly it was a trope for me in this film yeah it was a trope that is really interesting because when we exit this if you have anything else left to say um it goes very nicely into our out of the dark topic which is what horror tropes I put troops on here but should be tropes are we tired of and this is this is a huge one for me yeah. I am so fucking sick of mental illness being used in horror films. Rarely is it done right. Rarely is it done accurately. Um, it usually portrays the person with the mental illness as a dangerous person that is going to do bad things, a.k.a. St. Maud. Mm-hmm. Um, a.k.a. Say- the Lodge. The Lodge. And I'm not saying that that's bad. I do obviously think that people who have mental illnesses could cause harm to others. But that's not what stats, like do a Google search, anybody, and look at some some stats of who's more likely to commit the crime, the person with the mental illness or have it committed against them. It's people with mental illnesses that are more likely, doesn't mean it doesn't happen, it does happen. And I get that horror has to capitalize on it. But it just, I find it very annoying. Like, I just find it very rarely that it's done in a way that makes sense to me. One, yeah. I, I think it was in Apartment 13 that we saw last year, the one with Brie Grant. Uh, what was Apartment 213, I think. Was it Apartment 213 or 113? I think it was 213. Uh, where the gentleman has a mental illness that he hallucinates an entire family because he is um, suffering from mold. Yes. and stuff like that and when he gets rid of the mold he's okay and then he gets so lonely that he wants that life back so he brings the mold back and then you hear the baby crying in yeah. his head to me that showed how sad it was he wasn't a risk to anybody no he wasn't hurting anybody but his loneliness to me represented it rent a the loneliness yes the desperation one of the few films where i've seen where he becomes violent that i got because he was caregiving for his mom for so long that it talked about exhaustion as a caregiver yeah made sense made 100 yeah, makes friends and right? he and he makes friends with a person on a videotape that's not there yeah but he's, he's socially just lonely awkward, yeah right? socially awkward and lonely right that i can get because of the outside influence that was stressful now you can argue with the twin okay sure like i get i actually think the twin wasn't the worst reason that she created this kid and went through with it that no like because trauma can cause all sorts of things and right. losing a child especially that young especially if it is the only child like yeah i can't even imagine and like the one thing I will give the twin, because I know we're going back to it for a second, but uh, yeah, that's okay. Is is the effect that uh, is the effect that this mental illness has on your loved ones watching you go through this? Yes, that I I, I actually think the film did it. If it as a, if it hadn't been a trope that I had seen used so many times, I actually think this film handled it well. Yes, I actually think it talked about the struggles of staying with someone like that. I think it talked about the struggles of that mental illness being so powerful that you don't know what's right or wrong. I think it was very much similar to the, what A Beautiful Mind did. I thought A yeah. Beautiful Mind was very clever like that too. 
It's movies like the fucking lunch. I didn't take my medication for two days and now I'm crazy. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, like it's shit like that that I'm just like, fuck off. Like that's not actually accurate. And I and I know horror movies don't need to be accurate. It's just a trope that I am sick of. Yeah, like personal trope that I do not like. And we were talking about like mental illness. uh, Another one that uh, does it right. Um, after midnight. The mental illness Absolutely. of depression and loneliness. Like, Absolutely. It's basically this monster that's coming to attack him every night because that is the demon that he has to fight with in his head all the time. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, Scott. Another example of mental illness done right. And it's not that we're saying that mentally ill people can't be the villain and they can't do something bad. Rent right. health prove that, right? You know, obviously he does, he murders his mom and tries to murder his girlfriend. So- Absolutely. Absolutely. But there was a buildup that made sense with that. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, he just stopped taking his pills and two days later he did this. Like it right, exactly. <laughs> it was a lifelong issue and exhaustion from elder care. Yeah. That movie was basically saying this is what happens. Yeah. From the exhaustion and the loneliness of taking care of an elder. And it was real. Like that was fucking real of what the outcome is. Same with after midnight, the depression, right? Yet yep. again, more realistic and real. Um, so I did find some list of tropes. So do you have one that you want to list before I give these and you tell me what you think? Uh, yeah, this one is, uh, probably on that list, but the whole, uh, oh, I have no cell service (laughs) in every fucking horror movie. It's like, right. It's like, okay, I live in Michigan and we are a state that has a lot of rolling hills and country and we do have shit service especially out in the up where it is literally just forest everywhere because the just signal just has a hard time reaching out there because of the towers and because of all the trees blocking the signal so yeah i can get it when it's like oh we're lost deep in these woods okay i get those Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but when it's just like oh we're out like in this area oh for some reason i don't have cell service and that's just like Oh, like, okay, stop with that. It's like either just don't bring up cell phones in general, just not give it a timeline of when this movie is taking place or be like your phone breaks or you drop your phone in water like mm-hmm. funny games did. Yeah. Like, something like yeah. that, like where it's, but I'm, I'm just so tired of the, oh, I can't get signal. Let me just keep trying for a bit. Oh, I can't get signal. I can't get signal every time, every fucking Yeah, time. totally. I agree with you. It's like, oh man, it's 1995 and my cell phone's not working. Right. It's like, no, your phone will work. <laughs> your phone will work 90% of the areas that you go to. Maybe even right, more than that. Right. Unless you're just like, oh man, I have enough data. That I would buy. Right. Or that shit, my battery's, shit, my battery's dead. I have no right? way to charge, or about to die, and I have no way to charge it. I would buy that shit. All right, so here's some of the top horror tropes found on Creepy Catalog. Um, creepy music forever warning the viewer. Oh, my God. Talk oh about God, fucking yes. every Conjuring movie ever known to man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, guess what's happening? And that is, and that is totally an American movie trope. Oh my god! I guess to say North American, North American movie trope for sure. Like, hey, this movie won't be scary unless there's music to tell you it's scary. It's scary, right? The funny thing they wrote in here: the trope goes like this: a young couple is walking at night and is about to enter a store. Suddenly, we hear ominous opening chords of Beethoven's Fifth, and we already know the store clerk is going to be a werewolf who will decapitate. All right, the next one is also a conjuring fucking and the turning and every other shitty fucking haunted house film. The jump scare. Mm. Oh my god. I feel like the conjuring movies are built on this fucking concept. Yes. Like, ah, the name. Ah, the ghost. Ah. Yeah, like <laughs> oh jump scares, jump scares can be done well if they're used sparingly. 
like or like the perfect everyone tiptoes through a haunted house trying to make any noise and suddenly a very loud kitty cat jumps out and makes everyone in the movie theater jump yes. the worst is when like or or my favorite it's a fucking slasher film fucking scream did this scream fucking five you know the kids making getting the plates ready for sushi that his mom's gonna pick up and like he's walking he's walking he opens the fridge and then he the music plays yes oh my god this is it but nobody's there yes. yeah <laughs> fooled you like it's just and i get it there's some jump scares that get me and i think are really really well done and there's other ones where you're like what the fuck is going on here like you know when the whole movie feels like you're going through a shitty rinkety dink like the fucking animatronic haunted house that you went through right right like you can do creepy ghost shit like we're still here that movie does have some jump scares in it, but it leads up to it because you see the eyes. Yes. Right? You see that the plumber's downstairs in the in the furnace room trying to fix the furnace and you just see the eyes and then you know something's fucking coming. Yeah. But like, it's not like... Right, exactly. Bah! And it's like, uh, and I like those because it's like the uh, blink and you miss it type, uh, like, hey, there's something in the background. Oh, wait, shit. Was there? Right? Like, like the strangers. Yeah, strangers. Another like, great we... fucking example of that done well. Yeah, if you're not looking... Uh, same with... uh. I mean, Halloween has the music cues to signify when Michael Myers is there, the original Halloween. Yeah. But there are scenes where it's like watching Annie in the kitchen. All of a sudden, you just see the white pale face in the window behind her in the darkness. But then when she walks back, it's gone. Right? Stuff like that. Subtle without being like... All right, next one. Evil clowns. Uh, That one I'm not like... I don't understand what people are afraid of clowns. I'm honestly not afraid of clowns. I'm not afraid of clowns. Uh, the way I always describe this is the only time I would be afraid of clowns is if I'm home alone, I hear a knock at the door. It's like the middle of the night and I open the door and there's just a clown standing there. Okay. Then I'd be Art, like, okay, I'll shit myself. It's, it's Art the Clown from Terrifier. Yeah. Right? Like, anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not... I don't, I don't, kind of, I don't even consider that a trope. I just I consider that a genre. Don't go there. This is where everyone in the audience knows that just because the lead character heard a rustling sound doesn't yes. mean she should go explore something in a creepy dark room in the middle of the night while everyone else is sleeping. This is so true. If you and I were out somewhere, let's say we're like, I don't know, in your backyard, and like the bushes start shaking a lot, I'd be like, you know, Scott, we should go inside and get a flashlight and flash the flashlight from afar and see if we can see in the bush. I would be like, Scott, why don't we wander over there? without no light and let's like ask first who's there yes just in case they tell us like that's a shit that you're like why why would you do that or you know you're home alone and you know there's no way that anyone else would be there and and you hear a voice go hello yeah and instead of going wait no one else should be here i'm leaving or be like who the fuck's in my house yeah like i get if you live with some money and they could possibly be coming home i get that absolutely yeah right that makes sense to me but like yeah anyway always don't go there right always yeah it's Um, uh it's one that i always just kind of roll my eyes at next one girl runs and falls or guy runs and falls or fucking anybody oh yeah the constant tripping oh my god like in all fairness depending if i was really scared i might trip and fall i'm kind of a klutz yeah like i've i've tripped and fallen before like or just stumbled but right? like but when you trip over nothing <laughs> like what was and there's always like that's always gets made fun of in movies too right yeah it totally does right and it's always like i think like scream did it really really good the first time that made sense when she falls right she's trying to get away and she almost does and then she trips but you know i don't know there's always ones where you're like seriously seriously 
Yeah. Um, the crazy girl that no one believes or a crazy person that no one believes, like illustrated in The Invisible Man, which the main character, Cecilia, is not only tortured by a psycho- psychologically abusive ex, but faces the fact that even her closer friends think it's all in her mind. Oh my God. Uh, I am really yeah. sick tired of that too, actually. Yeah, because it's like, uh, especially when it's like the person, uh, yeah, in the, in, uh, because I'm guessing they're talking about the original, the new Invisible Man. Yeah, they're talking about the 2021. Yeah, like, because it's like, yeah, you're listening to a loved one tell you this, and you're just gonna be like, nah, it's fine. You're, you're crazy. It's like, come this on. This happens all the time when someone's like, oh my God, I think I saw someone outside the house. No. You're just being paranoid. Oh my God, I think I saw the neighbor bury a body in their backyard. No. <laughs> Right? It's like, come on now. Oh my god, mom. I think our neighbor's a fucking vampire because I saw him bite this woman's fucking throat and her scream. Fright night. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's not, no. I don't know what you're talking about. It's true. Why does no one believe you when you say like, or like group of, keep, group of people are in the camp on a camping trip. I swear I saw something over there. Nah, there's nothing there now. Right. So how, you know, like you saw it there. They would have absolutely stood still completely. Well, you had time to say that you saw something and then turn it around and like, you know, it would still be there. Of course it wouldn't actually fucking move. Yeah, like the only slasher film ever. The only times I can buy into that is if it's a kid with an overactive imagination going, Yes, Dad, there's a monster in my closet. Uh, However, I would be the type of dad that'd go, Okay, son, let or daughter, let me go check in the closet for you. Make sure you're good and safe. Let me check under the bed for you. Like, but no, like there's some of them that are just like, Mom, Dad, there's this. Oh, stop. You're just being too your imagination's running wild. Go to bed. It's like that part, like by like. I can see it being more ignored by if you're a little child. Now, the scene that I thought was actually good is in Halloween Kills or Halloween, Halloween uh, 2018. Yeah. And like she's in trying to close the closet. And yes. then like, I actually thought that was clever. Yeah, one time one. where I thought that trope made sense. Um, nature's Revenge. Mankind has stepped on the environment with zero pushback until nature final reacts. Um, so basically, the birds. You know, yeah, anything where I, I do like that trope though. I was saying that's not even a trope. That's once again a genre. Right. Split up everyone and try to solve the problem separately. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then my, you know, my other annoying trope is in horror movies now where they think they're really clever. I saw this in the uh, terror trips. Oh, we should split up. No, we shouldn't split up. Splitting up would be a horrible idea. Yeah. You know, we should stay together because in all the other scary movies, because I've watched all of them, I know it's not good to split up. <laughs> right. No, I, the only time that line works is uh, Kevin in the Woods. Yes. Where yes. it's making fun of it. But like in general, honestly, if, if real people were ever in a situation where you were scared, do you honestly think we would split up? No, well, I guess it depends on the level of scare because people will panic and run. <clears throat> I always think of you and I in situations, Scott, because we like horror movies, right? So yeah, I, think like of- all, yeah, I was going to say, because that'd be more like strangers panicking and right. running. Like friends would stick by each other right so i think about okay scott and i are and with like i don't know christian and brandon and dave i don't know for five of us get together and we go to like Niagara falls and we want a haunted house and we realize that the haunted house isn't what it seems the five of us would then split up to try to find our separate ways out we would right. stay together and you know if you and i were somewhere where people were creeping us out we would be like oh let's split up and see if we can lose them you know, maybe if we were in a situation where we had to look for somebody, I believe in the buddy system, 
where you kind of walk off with one person, one other person, and the two of you look together. If not possible, you those two people go around and look for that person so not you don't have more people that get misplaced. Um, the only time I see leaving somebody is if they are hurt and they can't continue and you're in better shape to leave them somewhere where they can at least get shelter and hide. Right. And you go off to get help. That is the only time I buy. Them. Yep, only same. time. Right. Um, underwater foot grab. So you're going uh, to water and you get pulled under. I don't like that. I don't think that one's overused. All right. Um, the expert, there's always an expert against all odds. When everything seems hopeless, an expert just appears and tells True. you how things need to happen. The exposition guy. Right? There's always like, oh my goodness, how do we possibly get this evil demon away? Hold on. I happen to be an expert on even evil demons of the Pillsbury Dope. And I know factory. it's history and lore. <laughs> I know everything about it and how to kill it. And now I'm here to help you, but I'll probably die in the meanwhile of trying to kill it. The end. Um, right. Right. And then what else do we have here? An older demonologist with newspaper clippings who explains the evil spirit fortunes. <laughs> the character is usually an older woman who just so happens to be carrying a binder full of information about the facts that no one could ever occupy your house for a long time because it's haunted. Enter the warrens here. Um, I know shit. Right. Um, yeah, this is pretty funny. You, you oh, do see that great. a lot. You see that in Japanese horror too. Yeah. To be honest, you see like, oh, yes, I am the wise person who knows all about this. Um, the evil doll that comes to life. Oh well, yeah. Annabelle, eh. dead silence. Once again, genre, not trope. Right. The final girl, very true. But people love it, and that's why it's always going to be there. Yeah, I'll say women empowerment. Right. The refrigerator door trick. Well, you just, and the mirror trick. Oh, and the mirror trick as well. The medicine cabinet. I hate the medicine cabinet mirror trick. Yeah. Only movie I ever thought it was done well in was the film Mirrors. Right, where it actually made sense in that yeah. movie. And it was creepy enough that I thought it was well done. Um, it's always like you look away from the mirror and your image is still staring at you. Now, mind you, it is creepy, but it's been overdone so fucking often. Oh, it, oh. and it's all, and now it's the new thing is like you were saying with Scream uh, 5 Cream, as Rob Humphrey would say. 5 um, Cream, yeah. But uh, the whole, oh, here's this trope. Let's, uh, you know, let's get the music going. He opens the fridge, close the door, nothing there. Same with Medicine Cabinet. Now it's like, oh, here's this trope. Let's make you think there's going to be something there. Right. Oh, there's nothing there. It's like, all right, now I'm tired of that. The movie's trope. like, I'm so smart. I bet you didn't know. Like, like, look at me make fun of this trope. Now that I've made fun of this trope so much that this has now become a trope. The best scene in the refrigerator door scene is the movie. I'm trying to find it if I can locate it. It's a movie called Blink. Um, and it was a horror film. Or maybe it's called Don't Blink. Don't Blink 2014. So this is a movie that literally stars no one of real importance. Uh, Brian Austin Green's in it. Um, but it's actually a really interesting film. And there, it's a scene that if you blink, people disappear. Hmm. And there's a scene where she, one of the chicks is making sandwiches for everyone. She opens the fridge door, covers her friend, closes it, and the person's gone. Okay. Like the person's talking, she opens the fridge door, she closes it, and the person's gone like that. Um, I did actually think that was well done. One of the few, few scenes where I felt that was good. A diverse group of teenagers who wander into a haunted, a haunted burial ground one by one instead of at all at once. Yeah, very true. Yep. 
or a diverse group of people that are friends that you would think like would never be friends in public are right. actually friends. No cell phone service. You were right. It's on here. I had a feeling it would be. Lost critical items like a, t- like a key. Um, now I found my key. Suddenly the car doesn't start. Oh, yeah. The right? car not starting drope. Oh, my God. Car has been working fine up to this point. The know-it-all type. Um, this guy does not believe in facing the serial, does not, who does not believe in now facing the serial killer on Halloween night is decapitated. <laughs> like the person who's like, it's not true. None of this is fucking true. You guys are imagining it. Oh, my God. I think we see that in every single fucking movie I watch on a weekly basis. Oh, we totally do. On a weekly basis, every horror film, there's somebody that's like, this is bullshit. It's not actually a thing. We saw that in Rare Exports. The other kid's like, Santa Claus isn't like that. That's bullshit. This is true. You're such a baby. You believe in stupid things. Uh, The abandoned place. Vengeful spirits take over. The vengeful spirit, of course. Every fucking ghost movie ever. Yeah. Some spirits fucking pissed off. Every Japanese fucking horror film. Right. <laughs> why is, is Samara mad? She is, is. Why are they mad in the grudge? They are. Why are they mad in Suicide? Every, not Suicide Club. What's the next one? Um, uh, the one with the call. Is it just called the call? Miss call? Oh, one miss call. One miss call. Why are they mad? Just start. Kids have died. Now yep. their spirits are pissed. Now they're angry. Oh, they're mad. I'm going to follow you for the rest of their fucking lives. Uh, the weapon is just out of reach when you're being choked. Oh, my God. Yeah. Constant. <laughs> that happened in the twin. Happened in the twin. The lights just happen to turn on one by one as the killer approaches. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Where I, where I thought it worked well was uh, uh, My Bloody Valentine. I can't remember if it was in the original, yeah. but the remake where... The killer is smashing the bulbs as he's walking. Oh, yeah, it's great. That's actually I love really that. good. See, sometimes the trope can be good. Um, Running down the middle of the road while being chased by a car. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> like, instead of, like, running off the road. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, that's why I, I love Christine, but there are scenes in that where it's just like, dude, veer off the road, hop a fence, get cars like that cannot fucking go off-roading. Right. Or like um, Strangers Pray at Night where she's running, being chased by the car too. Right. Well, that one kind of makes sense because she has nowhere to go because she's stuck on that bridge. Oh, yeah. But there's a part where it's like the regular bridge. Oh, yeah. Yes, that is true. Yep. Yeah. It wasn't really dead. Oh, my God. It's dead, but it's not dead. And the killer comes back for one last kill. Enter every slasher creature feature ever. Yeah. Deep blue sea. Yep. Right. Looking good after the demon exits your body. <laughs> yeah, like you're fine. Yeah, so funny. In the Exorcist, the girl is neither battered, is neither nearly battered to death, but the moment the demon is gone, there aren't any physical reminders that she was obsessed. That's like me after a good Saturday night. Now <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's shit. also a lot of proof that my pussy wasn't possessed by the D. Um, oh my god. Yeah, you know it's true. The kid doesn't doesn't realize it's a ghost or the person isn't really there. Shocker. The one last scare after you thought everything was resolved. Yep. Which kind of fits with the whole killer was not dead thing. So these are all pretty good. The mental illness one wasn't on here. That's my biggest horror trope that really gets my bugaboo. Yeah. Um, And your cell phone thing was on here. And both of us don't have a problem with evil clowns. Is what we learned today on Friday. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, but yeah, so I was interesting. I, what, what kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna remember this one. I'm gonna put a note in my calendar. So when we release this episode, I'm gonna go on our first pick page and say what horror tropes bother you. Yes. 
Um, I was thinking about that, just kind of curious too. Like, because Scott and I have our horror tropes that bother us or that we just are done with or like to make fun of. And we're curious to what you are done with and you like to make fun of. So please share. Um, Also, happy Canada Day and happy 4th of July, because when this will be released, our countries will be celebrating uh, both Canada Day and Independence Day. Um, well, you know, don't feel like I'm going to be celebrating Independence Day because our our country does not feel very independent and free right now. You know, you're not wrong. And as I say, Happy Canada Day and Independence Day, I also am aware of the you know the history of both of our countries with Indigenous folks mm-hmm. and some bad stuff that we've done. But I think that if you are choosing to celebrate these holidays, um, you know, I do wish you good times with your friends and your family, of course. Um, and I do hope that you take a moment to reflect on, you know, current events. I, I understand that, you know, politics are not for everybody, but we all are affected by it. So yep. um, I think it's important to whatever level of acknowledgement you're comfortable with doing is to at least be aware of what's going on and what role we play in it. I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. Absolutely. Um, but I do wish everyone a good sad holiday, a good time with family and friends, whether it's a cookout or a barbecue, <laughs> um, whatever you choose to do um scotty and i will be back on two weeks time and i'm not sure which country we're doing this time spot scotty are we gonna do Sweden? uh maybe and there was also one that i can't believe we forgot to mention that we we can't pass up oh what? italy italy oh man we're just gonna watch fucking a ton of giallos right <laughs> but i mean Giallo. but I, like but it's one of the more popular country foreign countries with their horror films so like it makes it sense is. Absolutely. I think we'd be at a miss if we didn't do Italy. For sure. There's a lot of classics that come from Italy for horror. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have a couple more countries that we'll be working through for sure. Um, and different topics that we'll be doing for Out of the Dark. Um, this trope one was the most recent one, but we'll come up with something else. It's a fun little conversation to have. It really um, is. Yeah. Yeah. So as always, thank you for listening. If you are not a member yet, please follow us on the Legion um, podcast, Legion Network page. We are many. There's great shows that you can catch, that you can check out, and you can subscribe on any uh, podcast listening service of your choice, whether that be Spotify, iTunes, I don't know, all the other ones, Stitcher, the other shit that's out there. Also, we have a Legion Patreon that releases special episodes. Scott and I don't do this anymore because Scott's too busy. Um, maybe we'll do one of our top five dinosaurs after he sees yeah. Jurassic World Dominion because he's built up that it's going to be so good. Um, oh my God. So, Scotty, if people aren't a member of Legion Patreon yet, why not? <gasps> what are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? <laughs> the best. And nobody's on Beatles, God. I don't know. We're going to be like, you know, I'm going to be like, I don't know. I don't even know where I am. And I'm going to be talking to people that aren't there and we're all going to pretend like that's fine because it's a horror movie. And um, Oh, another horror trope. Don't you hate when people in found footage? I think this is your specific thing. Don't give the reason why they're still filming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's yeah. something that you really hate. Yep, because it just makes no sense sometimes. Scotty's like, why the fuck are you still filming? <laughs> Greg, drop the goddamn camera and run. Run like a motherfucker. So yes, please join us on Legion Patreon. We would love your support. Both uh, Scotty and I are patrons. We are. Because we are many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, pay attention for many adventures of Scotty and I. Um, like a little book. 
The Adventures of Heather and Scotty. It's just us sitting around and drinking, by the way. It's a choose your own adventure book. <laughs> Can you choose the one where Scott and I nap and drink? <laughs> well, will, will Heather kill Scott? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You 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 have given less of my shit. You have less of tolerance for it as time goes on. It's true. <laughs> you're like, shut the fuck up. Though so I did realize you're turning 41 this year. Wow, you're old. You're like a grandpa. Come here, sweetie. Let me tell you a story about my time. I remember when Gremlins was first released in the movie I got, theater. I got some worthers for you. <laughs> so creepy grandpa, other horror tropes that we can show for. <laughs> creepy, could still though. Creepy old person, fucking Jeepers Creepers, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, creepy fucking old people that just right? exist in film for the sake of being there. Crazy Ralph. <laughs> crazy Ralph. Crazy fucking old people. Um, what was the last thing I was gonna say? Oh. We were on a horror for dice dummies episode with Tim Davis and Rob Humphreys. Yes. Um, also known as Rob Hungry, Hungy. Hungy. Um, Hungy. And it was epic. We talked about franchises and I was a little buzzed. So um it was a lot tired, of fun. And tired because we did it late at night because it's Australian time and, song. And you uh get to hear Scotty get salty. Oh yeah, salty. So <laughs> salty with extra salt on those french fries over there right scotty give you high blood pressure give you he's so salty he'll make your blood pressure go up to the fucking roof yeah anyway um what do you have to say to the good people scotty uh thank you all for listening and joining us on this wonderful journey as always and until next time kitties unpleasant dreams (laughs) see ya